we're about to be live. They're evil, sex times evil. It's a game. Lazarus, welcome to the show. Hey man, thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna, welcome to the show. Yay! Yay! <laughs> thanks, that's, guys. that's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Round table show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big Two, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She-Hulk right here on PSN Radio. <laughs> And we're live on the Roundtable Show, right here live on PSN Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the first, second, I, I lose track. We've been live, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've been live, but this is a live show, and it's following a hell of a weekend for Star Wars fans. Tonight's show is dedicated to Celebration. If you're a Star Wars fanatic like the rest of us, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's uh, kind of a table for two since uh, Mr. I'm Here Every Week is not here this week. Johnny Alpha's missing. But we got <laughs> myself and Mr. Zod Ryder, who you heard laughing right there live. Zod, what's up, buddy? Welcome to uh, the Grand Celebration for 2019 right here on uh, the Roundtable Show. And my goodness, the panels were excellent for celebration in your neck of the woods. I know you didn't go in and see anything. You weren't part of it. But uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. Again, Johnny Alpha is not here. Cold Cuts is not here. Uh, or Jason Justice. Well, uh, whatever happened to Cold Cuts? That's what my question is. I don't think we've had, a, had him on the show all year. What's yeah, happening? he's been missing. I think somebody... Got him and made him real cold cut. Oh, well, you know what? I, I think I think maybe he had a, uh, I think maybe he had a special ops mission he had to do or something. Because wasn't he in the wasn't he in special ops or something? I Not can't confirm Military? or deny that, uh, but I believe that is accurate. I'm just saying. Yeah, so that could explain. You like that movie, like that Netflix movie that came out uh, a few weeks back uh, with. Uh, with Oscar Isaac and Ben Affleck, it was uh, Triple Frontier. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, where they, where these, they, these former military guys go on a mission and they, uh, uh, they're trying to steal this money from a from a drug lord, and he's got all this money padded into the foundations of a house that he's got hidden in like uh, South America somewhere. Really good movie if you haven't had a chance to check it out. Netflix has got some really great cinema uh, these days. Plug, Just plug saying. for Netflix. Just uh, for, <laughs> for for a second there, I thought you were gonna, you were going to say Oscar Benjamin shout outs. Oh no! <laughs> shout out to the compassionate wolf himself. Yep. Uh, now I hope someday he uh, comes back with his show too. It'd be nice. It's, it would be nice. Monday Monday nights are just not the same without Oscar Benjamin ushering in a new week. I'll tell you. And that. you know what? Um, you know, one of the last times that I had a private conversation with him, I did a, a check on his system. And um, he can take phone calls now, so uh, if he ever does come back, folks, he can take your calls. So not only can he take your calls, but he can have he can have some of them guests that of people that he photographs and talks to on some you of know? the gigs that he does. You know, you know, Oscar, if you're listening, you know, there's a guy out there, an actor that was cast 
originally in Justice League as Darkseid, and he shot some scenes and everything. His name's Ray Porter. He's an actor, so shout-outs to Ray Porter. So if you ever, uh, you know, photograph Ray Porter for anything or get a chance to uh, interview him, there you, you go. do it live on PSN Radio on the hour of the Compassionate Wolf. That'd be nice to see. Actually. That would be nice. Actually, that would be a great transition in uh, segue for his show to do something like that because he has if anybody has connections it's the compassionate wolf i mean my goodness yeah he does have a lot of connections now speaking of connections sir um how is it coming along here because you know we're gonna talk a lot about star wars tonight but i want to get an update of what's happening with you and the snyder cut because uh, you keep tweeting out you're like the president of the snyder cut you're like uh the President Trump of Zack Snyder in Twitter. Uh, well, let, me, I, let, <laughs> let me just say, let me just say what's been what's been happening, and I'll tell the story for everybody out there listening because I was on uh, the uh, the Dave the Film Junkies uh, vodka correct. stream. Shout out to uh, him. Yeah, po- podcast on on Friday night, and uh, what's been going on is a lot of us have been calling into the uh, Warner Brothers the studio. Uh, calling the 1-800 number to find out information about about trying, because as you know, there's a big movement out there trying to get the Snyder version of Justice League released. So um, I've been calling because I have a goal. I've been trying to get the head of DC Films, Walter Hamada, on the Zod Rider show, and that's what I've been wanting to do for a while it's kind of a show that i want to do big time and come back and bring my show back that way so i've been calling up warner brothers and i've done it uh four times and each time i talk to the same personal assistant in his office and every time i call i say walter hamada's office please and they always transfer me directly to his office and i always get the same personal assistant so you know i've chatted with her a few times given my information, all this stuff. And so this fi- this time I called, uh, the previous week I called, and I said to her, uh, I said, oh, so Walter Hamada, he's too busy to be on the Zod Rider show. And she kind of chuckled, and she remembered who I was and remembered my name. And so we were chatting for a little while, and she took all my information. And then she said, uh, um, I, well, I said, I asked the question, I said, so do you get a lot of phone calls in regards to that other version of Justice League? And she said, oh, yes, multiple times a day. She said, it's being prepped for eventual release. That's an exact quote. That's what she told me. That's some pretty big news, considering several months ago, Warner Brothers was completely denying the fact that the damn thing existed. But now they can't really deny it no more because they recently had <clears throat> that Zack Snyder a director's cuts event where he was asked point blank by a fan and the, and he told the fan, yes, you know, I have a cut, it exists, but it's up to Warner brothers to release it. So now Warner brothers is kind of done like a, like a, like a, I don't know what you'd call it, a 360 or a 180, 380. or a, or a 380, <laughs> or what's what's that that uh, what's the uh, what's that thing that uh, that Anthony P used to call it? A 380? A 380, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah did a th- straight 380 on it now and won't and and just <laughs> finally decided, you know, to tell you know say something else. So 
So, you know, after that, I, you know, she told me, well, you know, and, and I want you to know that it's not that, uh, you know, it's not a no on your podcast. It's just that, you know, Walter Hamada is an extremely busy guy. So we're, you know, so we'll get back to you when he's able to, uh, when he's able to, uh, if he's ever, if he's in a position to be able to do your, your podcast. So I thanked her for her time and hung up. And now I sat on that information for a week because I was like, if I start posting this, people are going to think, you know, are going to just think, oh, this guy's full of shit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He called Warner Brothers, whatever. Until the last couple of days, people have been taking it upon themselves to call Warner Brothers. And they basically are getting different things. They're getting told things, not quite as direct as I got. Like, it's not right. like how the, how, what I got where the lady straight up told me it's being prepped for eventual release. They're being told that they can't say anything until there's an announcement, an official Mike, announcement made to the trades. My guess, bro, is that they will totally um, release it on DC Universe. Whoa. They don't have to put any money into it. And then after um, after it does well on there, then they might do a um, like a uh, DVD or something for it out. Folks, that is the voice of Mr. Johnny Alpha, who's joined the roundtable here. Johnny, welcome. A couple minutes late, but you're here. Yeah, man, I didn't I, I didn't know we were doing a show. I'm terribly sorry. I've been on Twitter all day waiting to hear from you guys, and then all of a sudden, Zod Rider hits me up. I was about to chill and watch some Ninja Turtles and shit, and he's like, yo, bro, where you at, man? I'm like, I'm talking to Walter Hamada. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, a very exciting acceptable uh, excuse you're watching the ninja turtles that is acceptable by me in any time you know that we're doing a show if you miss it you tell me hey bro i was watching the ninja turtles there's a soft yeah. spot in my heart for the turtles yeah you'll always have an excuse that i'll accept it'll be the ninja turtles and of course you know Star Wars. Speaking of which, uh, we're going to cover that in, in a few minutes. We're going to cover Celebration. I don't know if you've heard any of the beginning of the show, Johnny, but we're going to talk about Celebration, about the trailer, uh, give our insights on what we saw, what we think is going to happen. What the hell the title, The Rise of Skywalker, what does that mean? But for right now, for the next few minutes, we've, we've been covering this interesting uh, phone call that Zod Ryder made to the office of Warner Brothers in the Snyder Cut. Now, this is my theory, uh, Zod and Johnny, and I think what's, you know, you know, I've, I've said it on Twitter a couple times. Of course, there is a cut that Snyder left behind. That's like what the three or five cut that they were working on before he left. It's exact. It's the cut that he claims that he has that's that's done. He claims he has a cut that's done, and that it's two hundred and fourteen minutes long. Right, which is says. what Joss Whedon inherited, and what he like butchered, and we got like Justice League, whatever the hell that was. Which yeah, was Justice still, League. you know, yeah. yeah, it was Justice League exactly. But uh, I think that's kind of what he what they mean. And they're gonna prep that. I mean, they're gonna cut some of like you know the unedited footage or unfinished footage. Maybe have somebody like you go over it. Uh, but unless they're gonna pay Zack Snyder big bucks to come back into the, the editing chair, um, I don't see him like sitting there and, and doing anything for uh, you know Warner Brothers at this point. They will have probably an editor at some point, maybe do a cut, like kind of like the Richard Donner cut of Superman two, where. You know, they used what they could, 
you know. The be, thing, the thing about together. that though, Jackal, is that Zack Snyder shot everything. He shot it all. There's no missing footage. The only thing that they that they have to do is that there's, according to him, there's some special effects that need to be done that need to be touched up, but it's not. And from what we're hearing from the people who worked on the special uh-huh. effects, the special effects are about 75% done. Which, so that would be the editor's job. To, yeah, that would be the editor's right. job they would have, to They would have it. to yeah. go in and do that, and once they've done that, it's, and it's still, we're still trying, they still, we still don't know if, uh, you know, Junkie XL completed the score, but a lot of, a lot of stuff seems to indicate that he did complete the score because there was a day shortly before, well, shortly before uh, mm-hmm. Joss Whedon was brought in, he said the sound, he did like a tweet saying something like the Justice League soundtrack has come together or something like that to try and indicate that he was done with it. So, so there's a lot of good stuff out there. We just, if, if they're prepping it for eventual release, that means, at least means to me that they're looking to finish the movie because if you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to just release an unfinished film you're going to finish it up and you're going to put it out there so we'll see what happens i, I don't know i mean I, i'll be excited to see something different if uh, if it's any good we'll it's just be, what it's it is it's definitely so. going to be different it's definitely going to be different they just they also just uh, like i was saying earlier they also uncovered the original actor who mm-hmm. played dark side right they covered the original actor who played Ares in the movie. They had all kind. they've been, you know, they've been pulling. And now just today, there were people that came up on Twitter who were actually in the movie cast as other characters and had small roles. And they, and they said that their stuff was completely removed from the film. So it depends. So there's a lot of stuff and a lot of people are coming out. And so we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, I'm excited because it's something where it actually has a chance to redeem, redeem the movie, you know, in a, in a sense. And we'll, so we'll see what happens. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting stuff. And I'm, and I was glad that I, you know, got the information that I got, even if it just means that there's going to be a pending announcement at some point, you know, hopefully before Comic Con. Who knows? I mean, I, from what I gathered, I mean, I heard, you know, some of the uh, phone calls that have been posted on Twitter recently, especially that one that, uh, I can't remember the uh, Twitter handle or something. Oh, yeah, that but... was, uh, I believe that was, uh, that was uh, Man of Tomorrow. Something, something like that, yeah. Man of Tomorrow. He, yeah, I, I talked to him. I talked to him after he posted it, because him and I were comparing notes, you know, based on the phone calls that we uh-huh. got. Man of Man of Tomorrow 21. And then there's a scooper uh, who's been getting a lot of information in regards to it. Uh, his name's Louis Centeno, and he's been posting a lot of information uh, based off of what his people are telling him. And he, he was right about quite a few things um, in the past, so mm-hmm. we'll see if the information that he got was correct. But, yeah, these phone calls, they're they are telling people different things depending on who you talk to. Because if you just talk to an operator when you call Warner Brothers, they're not they're know just, much, they're, first they're of all. just going to give you the runaround because they're just well, trying to get you off the phone. Not only so, that, I mean, how much do they really know about the inner production of Avery Major? Oh, yeah. That, not, not, only, not only that, um, you know, information, unless you have it recorded on audio, tends to change from person to person just slightly and to become something different than the original narrative. So it's very, you know, it, it's very a big possibility 
that you know somebody heard something and then when they repeated it, it changed. You know, uh, because from what I heard in that recording, and and it was pretty clear that she's saying, "Listen, this is the way I took it anyway." Uh, it's like her saying, "When there's an announcement, the trades are going to get it first. Uh, you just have to wait for the trades to make any sort of announcement if." There's going to be any kind of release. Like saying that she doesn't really know. Uh, she doesn't, like, you know, have a date, uh, per right. se. But if they uh, ever do decide to release something, it'll be out there in the trades. You'll be able to read it, which is, that's your generic answer for anything. Absolutely. I mean, you, yeah. you can call tomorrow and be like, yeah, I want to know about the, uh, the Back to the Future reboot with Zach Efron. And uh, I want to know about that when you know, he's playing Marty. And they're going to tell you pretty much you can't answer the same thing. Well, sir, there's ever that movie. You know, you'll read about it in the trade. Be, right, and, and that's why I, point, you know. I, I keep pointing out. Probably the only reason I was told what I was told was because I was calling about something completely different, and I just kind of downplayed it. Like, I, I had it in my voice almost like I was... Like I had contempt for these fucking nerds. Like I was just like, I was just like, I, when I asked her, I, the way I did it, I, the way I said it, I was just kind of like, yeah, so, uh, you know, you've been getting a lot of calls for that other version of Justice League. Like I didn't care. Like it wasn't something that I, that I was really looking for an answer. Like it was just something. I Which is quite funny because you're you're like really like the leader of the pack on it. As far as <laughs> well, I'm trying. I'm, I'm one of them. I'm one of the people that's trying. Hey, to really, trying you to renamed really your show into like the Sack Snyder Cut. I mean, come on. <laughs> Snyder Cut Radio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I talked about that a little bit, yes, about on, on uh, Friday night. I talked a little bit about that where I, you know, said at one point I actually changed the name of the show to Snyder Cut Radio, but I didn't think that that was going to be something that was going to be feasible from week to week. And I think I was right because, again, there's so much content out there. In particular, there's a guy named Chris Wong who does, like, video after video on like a daily basis people do videos in regards to the Snyder Cut stuff so you know adding my voice to the chorus was to me just seemed kind of redundant so it was kind of like well I don't know if I could do a Snyder Cut radio show every week I think I just need to do do what I do do regulars on writer shows and bring that kind of stuff up when major news or major things happen otherwise you know doing it like that from week to week even i would get tired of talking about it so yeah well, why don't you try that on twitter man because you never stop talking about it on there man like- <laughs> well, well, twitter, well twitter it's different i mean if you look at where i'm at on twitter i right now it's kind of like i'm kind of at the point where you know how when you get when you're so deeply entrenched in something it's impossible to get out until it either finishes up or you die. That's kind of how I feel right now. Like I'm, I'm so deeply entrenched in in this whole Snyder, Zack Snyder scenario that I need to finish it up and see it through. I can't I, I can't pull away from it all of a sudden and just start and start doing other things because it I'm I'm too deeply into it now. And I owe and I owe the fact that I've gotten I've got I don't know, I've gotten quite I've I built myself up quite a little following as a result of this shit too. So I'm kinda like, you know what? It's just stick with it and hopefully you know, everybody gets what they want out of it. I'm just excited. And it, and it's a big thing. I mean, they, you know, it's definitely gotten larger over 
over the months that it's been existing. It's not like it's it's gotten smaller or dwindled or anything. No, it's just getting bigger and bigger. So it's so it's I mean it's really easy to to stick with it and be a part of it and to be happy with it, you know, and hopefully mm, hopefully happy with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm happy with it now. I mean, I, I think, I think this is good stuff, and I, I kind of got the feeling that we're in the home stretch. That's finally going to be over eventually. So you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but I am excited about other things now too. So that's a good thing too. It's are you going to be okay though if Comic Con comes and goes and there's no Snyder Cut announced? Yes, it? yes. You know why? Okay. Because we're just going to keep fighting until we get it. That's what it is. Now, it's almost like you're gonna be, we're going to be eventually you got to give this fight up because, like, say we're two years down the line and they're like, uh, no, no cut. I mean, <laughs> no, no, we don't, we don't want to uh, repeat of our friend up in New York. You know, we don't want something like that happening to you, sir. Oh my God! Now, see that that in and of itself is another is another very fascinating thing. You know that guy, that guy up in New York, who professes to be. A Zack Snyder fan is you. he? I, I don't know. I don't know how you can be a uber Zack Snyder fan and love Zack Snyder and be belittling the Snyder Cut movement and making fun of the Snyder Cut movement. And not only that, you praise the theatrical cut of Justice League. If you do that, then you're not a fan of Zack. Well, Snyder. I'm a fan of Zack Snyder, and I, I haven't liked any of his. Um, DC movies aside from Watchmen. No, but you're a different, you're a different case because you haven't liked any of his DC movies. This is a guy who claims that Zack Snyder is his favorite director and he loves everything that Zack Snyder puts out, but yet he's claiming that the theatrical cut of Justice League was a masterpiece and that Zack Snyder couldn't have made it any better if he continued. And And that's the other thing. There's him and then there's that guy on the, uh, who used to be on Collider? What's the guy's name? Uh, oh, that yeah, that fuckface. Um, that fucking guy. I can't yeah. think of name. Cuntia. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cuntia, that guy. <laughs> he. Oh, really, Caterpillar. Yeah, yeah. He he went out. Yeah. He went out and actually, we actually sent him the video. In fact, I sent him a video on Twitter because he was going around saying how. Zack Snyder never said there was a Snyder cut. He's not supporting any of this. I actually sent him a video on Twitter directly say where it's a video where you actually see at that at that Snyder cut fan event that happened a few weeks ago. You actually see the guy go up to Zack Snyder and he asks him directly and the guy cleaned up the audio so you could hear it. He actually asks him directly about about his cut of Justice League, and he outright looks at him and says, I have a cut. There's a cut. It's up to Warner Brothers to release it. He actually says it, and you got it on video. You got it clear as day. But Campia is still making videos denying it and and completely uh, belittling it, saying, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. No, that's not true. That guy's such a wet blanket, anyways. Yeah. Man. Like I'm not even on your side, and I'm like, fuck that guy. So, <laughs> I, 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 you know, but that's what I'm saying. That's the point I'm trying to make. But you don't have to. You don't have to be on the side of it. You don't even have to care one way or the other. But when you got somebody in your face, when you got the director of, your, of the film right there saying outright, "Yes, I have a cut. I have it." He's saying that. I mean, 
I mean, I don't understand how you can deny that kind of evidence. It's right there, and you've got all these, and then you've got all these other people that were involved with the film who have who have talked about it too. So it's it's completely. I mean, it's not a matter of if it's if it exists. It's a matter of when we will see it. That's what it is. That's what it really means. And even Collider is doing videos now, praising Zack Snyder, talking about the you know. Oh yeah, we got to You know, this Snyder cut it needs mm-hmm. to happen. I seen a I seen a Collider video just the other day. I couldn't believe it. My jaw was on the floor. I actually I actually retweeted it, and I was like, <laughs> "Hell is fi- Hell has finally frozen over because I actually agree with something I see on Collider." Yeah, but how much how much of that is like the reason I want to see it come out is so we have the end of all this uh, you know Snyder cut movement. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's a little bit too much to see a cut of a movie that. Might not be what you, you know you think it is at the end of the day, because like I said, yeah, there is a cut. We've all known that Snyder left the cut behind. That's why they needed reshoots because Warner Brothers wasn't happy with what he left behind, what he was working on, and then he decided to leave the project altogether. So we know he left a cut behind, which is I think what the Zack Snyder was referring to. Yeah, there's a cut that I left. It's there. Now it's up to Warner Brothers to package it up and put it out for the mass, you know, to, to the masses to either enjoy it or, or do whatever they do with it. It's not up to him. He doesn't own the property. Oh yeah, and he's so. made it clear, you know, it's not up to him. And and you know, you feel you feel bad because you you feel bad for him. You see what he's trying to tell you. You know, it is yeah. that it's out there. He just that he can't. He has a cut. He can't release it. It's not up to him. So I, you know, my. My thing with that is when you got that's why when you have him, when you have people like that who have so many followers who go around talking about acting like, oh, no, it's not real. You know, I mean, don't deny evidence that's presented to you when you actually have evidence, when you have facts. You don't deny those facts just because you don't want to accept something. A fact is a fact, whether I believe it or you believe it or anybody else believes it. It is what it is. So it's, I don't know. I just, I, I, I love, I love just. But, the, but at, this point, at this point, if you're really a fan of his, mm-hmm. that's the past. You should look at what he's doing in the future. You should yeah. be repping his zombie film. You should oh, be I am. His. I can't wait till that comes out. That's actually something he's actually going to start, but, but see, start even filming if, that see if in June. If his cut comes out, it's not like he's going to go back and start making DC movies again. Oh, he, no. He's done. No. Yeah, exactly. It's going, to be, it's going to be Shazam and Aquaman and Wonder Woman until people get tired of those, and then maybe we will get a new Superman. Like, even if this comes out, I mean, I, I just want you to know that because some of your if some of your friends really don't get that point. They think that if this cut comes out, that means the world's going to see the light, and they're going to give the entire universe back to Zack Snyder and carve his face into Mount Rushmore and shit and – no, no, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not one of the people that believes that. I think, I think that they're happy with their, with their current direction with these films. If they release the Snyder Cut, if and when they do, it's going to be because they want to finally put to rest, like you said, all this stuff. They see that there's money that can be made off of it. They can make some money off of it, and they can also silence the hashtags and, and get rid of all this craziness and these phone calls honestly it's like it's like it's like they it's like the snyder cut is like this sliver in your toe that you can't you can't get rid of you got to dig into your toe to rip it out that's what they, that's what they kind of got to do at this it, point 
I don't see how it's gotten that far with you though, man. I mean, like no. they're putting out. They got Doom Patrol. They got Titans. They got Swamp Thing coming out. They got a Hush animated film. I mean, like, yeah, yep. dude, like you didn't. Get Do you know that there's a fan it? group? Do you know that there's a fan group taking the original script idea that that Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio originally wrote that was rejected before he even got to shoot one foot of film. Mm-hmm. This this anime this group this fan group and shout outs to them. They're making Justice League the animated movie. That's how dedicated these people are. They're taking the original script that Terrio and Snyder had and making. Is this, that, is this the one version. where both Marthas were the same lady and Martha Wayne actually went into witness protection <laughs> after she got. No, 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 no. She no, got no. shot and went to Kansas and raised Superman? Because, like, I heard about that wonderful script that, that Snyder was, and Terrio that, that, was, that was a joke. Martha! But, but the idea that the idea is that that's but I'm just saying, I mean, and right now they're talking we're talking about there's plans in place for 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 billboards coming up. There's plans for uh, helicopters and banners, all kinds of things before coming up before Comic-Con. So it's going to be interesting. The, these fans are 100 percent dedicated all in. I'm telling you, man, this is not just well, some small thing. I mean, Dude, it's like wow, it's huge. You gotta realize who they're matching with, but they better keep their toes clean because if they try to make even a dollar off of this thing, Warner Brothers oh, no. gonna that's the, that's gonna be the main problem. I mean, they, they can't make profit out of this thing. You know, you know what's happening though? All of the stuff that's that, and this is to show you just how dedicated all these fans are. All these fans, they're investing their own money into this, and guess what? All any of the all of the like profits and stuff made from like t-shirts and things like that. It's all getting, getting donated to the Americans, uh, suicide prevention. So it's, it's all charity work. It's all charity events. You know, like, like, uh, like Johnny said, it should go for tax and Yeah, but it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if there is any profit made, it doesn't matter if they donate it to charity. That, that's still money being made out of somebody else's licensing. They're, they're still going to get blowback from the uh, studio, even if they like donate the money. That money really belongs to the studio because you're breaking their licensing, so they can still go after the filmmaker. I mean, it all depends on how Warner Brother wants to handle this. Because one thing is to like go ahead and talk about you know finishing a Zack Snyder cut and wanting that to you know creating a cartoon and putting it as you know the, the Zack Snyder version or whatever this thing is going to be, using property that doesn't belong to you. And that's where Warner Brothers, it doesn't matter if somebody else gets the money, the money still belongs to Warner Brothers because you're using their intellectual property. So, I mean, this is going to create, you know, this is a Pandora's box when it comes to fan films. Remember, it, remember Star Trek. Blow up in their face. Oh, are you talking? What? What are you talking about Star- when you say fan films? Though I don't, I don't know what you mean. Well, like Star Trek Axanar, Remember? Are you talking like about they- that? Are you talking about the animated Justice League film? Yeah. Yeah. Oh that, well, they're take that that fan group is doing that, and they're releasing it online for free. They're not doing it for profit. Well, dude, I'm sure they're making money somewhere. No, they're At not. Some point. They, they aren't. There's no money involved with that. That's just that. That's like a fan editor doing a uh, like a fan made movie and do, and then just putting it online for all to see. Like all those fan edits of 
of Man of Steel and uh, The Last Jedi and all those other fan edits that well, exist. Those all get pulled down a lot of the times, though. Yeah. Like, well, 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 with those, what you do is you put you put it up for a limited time. As many people who get a chance to get the link and download it and watch it get it, and then after the limited time, it goes you know it goes away. It's not like it stays on a website where they host it forever. But I'm saying this group is putting together a Justice League animated movie based on the original script, and I'm just saying that in and of itself is quite. I mean, it's quite dedicated that these animators are actually taking their time to do this. And, I mean, that's 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 crazy. You're putting all this time and effort into something that, you, again, like you pointed out, you can't make any money off of it. You're doing this out of your own love for the... Let, for, let, let, for let's the see if it actually happens already. Do you know how many Indiegogo and... Um, hmm. uh, well, they're, not, they're not even trying to. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. No, I put money and like these guys and some. I backed so many things that got over the budget that the people wanted, and mm-hmm. that still never came out. So these guys that are like, oh, we're gonna do it for free because we love it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really expect it to come out ever, bro. Look, uh, you know, saying. what's a big name in the uh, the world of the internet right now when it comes to Star Wars, which we're gonna get into when we come back from break in a few minutes, by the way. Uh, but uh, the the geeks and gamers website, right? Everybody that you know knows about this website now. They're on YouTube. They, you know, the, the main dude creates all kinds of videos. He's very negative about the Star Wars universe because he doesn't <laughs> like the Last Jedi. Just, you know, and I'm being polite about the way he talks about Kathleen Kennedy. I'm not going to mention much, but he doesn't like her very well. Uh, but there's a, a friend of his, uh, and his name is Ivan, I believe, who's been working on the same cut of Episode Eight since the movie came out. And now it's been how long since that movie came out already? Almost a year. Right, so he's uh, been wor- over. Yeah, it's been a little bit over. Now he's been working on a like an alternate version for that long, and he keeps putting it off and, and switching dates and putting it off. And I think that is because of the simple fact that he he you know he's done so much marketing out of this thing that he's making money off his YouTube page just marketing this thing. I don't think it's ever gonna, and I don't think he's ever, really ever going to put it out. He's just, you know, amassing this money, which if he ever does release this thing, he's going to get into a whole lot of trouble because I don't think Disney's going like, to just let that go. And, uh, and, and I mean, he was going to put it mean, on Well, what he's, what he's doing, what he's making is essentially a fan edit, and if he tries to put that fan edit up on YouTube, it's going to get pulled down immediately. I yeah. mean, what are you talking about? The only way he'll be able to release it is when he is he can do like a – do what like a lot of fan editors do, which is post it in their on their uh, on, on the their, library on their Google Drive or their mega upload account. Right. That's really the only way that they can do that. And then you put it up, and it only lasts for a little while for a limited time, and then you you got to take it down, or it eventually gets taken down. That's well, how but, they deal with that shit. But Jekyll's really onto something because. I, uh, much like geeks and gamers, let the, mm-hmm. like in comic books, we have a we, there's a group that are very antagonistic to um like do you got the comic gators and these guys they keep promising their fans all these comics like they oh we're gonna make them but like I, I think only three comic gate comics have come out since the movement started like two oh, or three God, years ago really only like there, three yeah only three like um and two by the one guy um and then one by Mike S Miller the but yeah, no, I, I'm not a fan. But like, I, I, I'm a comic fan, so I can't avoid it. But yeah, that's 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 the thing. There's been some like twelve of them that have all surpassed their budgets on Indiegogo and Kickstarter, and three of them have ever been released. 
And we're talking about motherfuckers that got paid. And these are people that got paid. And you know, but you know what? That's a whole that's a whole other conversation when it comes to Indiegogo and Kickstarter and those groups because there's a lot of there's a lot of projects that people put out on there that don't ever see the light of day, and then then people get that money. These but they're making money paid. off of it. Yeah, they're getting paid. They got, they got paid. These the people you're talking about that mm-hmm. are doing this because they love it so much and they're doing it in their spare time. Like, if guys that are getting paid can't pump it out. Remember like, when we were at war with that group from New New York and New Jersey all those years ago? People were making animated films about those freaks. What are yes, you talking about? Yes, but that's we, different. They were getting paid for that. But there, yeah, but there's no intellectual property in, in the dude, way, dude, and there's dude, no the and, right. and 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 hold on, and 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 there's no intellectual brain cells, you know, with those people in New York. Let's be clear. <laughs> I mean, the people. Shout out to the people making the animated, you good know, point. cartoons of them. Uh, but but you know, they they were using their likeness. Uh, to make fun of these people. So oh, it's, it's, and, and by the way, this wasn't just the dude in New York, this is the dude in Jersey also, yeah, you know, the janitor. Uh, shout out to Eli the janitor, this is, uh, too. Hey, we even made fun of Zod Rider in a couple of them videos. Oh, yeah, you called yeah, me yeah. Zodai, and I never went after you guys. <laughs> but, but again, there's no property owned by Warner Brothers, or Disney, or, well, or you know, yeah. We dressed them up as Batman and Robin, and we got away with it. But those events, those did actually get pulled down because we got copyright. No, no, we got um, guidelines tracks because we were making fun of people. Oh, God, they did get pulled down? A lot of that did, yeah, 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 early on, yeah. The Mega Max sites, we upload, re-uploaded it a couple times, but the way that the algorithms now, you can't do the thing where you just cut a couple seconds off the end and yeah. re-upload it. You can't do that no more on YouTube. So, yeah, like all that Mega Max shit can't get put back up, but... I don't know. Like, I'd have to get a hold of Leonardo. He's the one that had all that shit. He's the one that did all the animation. Crazy little French Canadian. Cut it all. Cut it all together <laughs> as as one as one long like film, and then just put it on. You know, just put it upload link so you could download it and watch it. That's all. You know what's funny about that, guys? And uh, over the years, I've gotten so much credit for a lot of that stuff that came out, and I had nothing to do with most of it. Like, uh, that's what was so awesome about it. I'm like, I just sat like, back, oh and I, and people would send me stuff, and they'd be like, look what we did. And I was like, uh, who, who are you, and how did you get my information? You, you, you're the jackal. Look what we did. And I was like. I am the jackal. Now, who the hell are you in? That's funny shit. And I just, like, I would give my step of approval, I guess, just by laughing and saying it's funny. See, the thing was, is you were the guy that antagonized them, and they would go for you, and that's where we'd get our ammunition from. So you were yeah. the, you were kind of a zeitgeist for us, or uh, zeitgeist, zeitgeist, whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were, yeah, you were, like, the guy that, like, yeah, we'd, we, we would watch your show. And then we'd listen to their shows, and then we'd go from there. And, we'd do, and you knew all of us anyways. You just didn't know our screen names. And then when we'd right. approach you on Facebook and stuff, you'd be like, who the fuck are you? And it was like, and what hey, was yo, great yeah. was, I was like, I was like this. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so honored. They made me into fucking Popeye. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. I'm like, oh, my God, check this out. Dude, but that's what I'm talking about. When you have, like, something like that that people – that people are so passionate about these people were so passionate during that time when you think about it to actually do full-blown animations fucking movies it was like wow dude 
I'll tell, I'll tell you what, there is uh, no passionate fan than a Star Wars fan, but I'll tell you what, a close second is the people who hate those guys in New York and Jersey. <laughs> I'm telling you. The, the, the base behind that is huge. Like President Trump would say, it's huge. It's, it's bigger tr- than China. It's tremendous. It's, it's tremendous. tremendous. Guys, we're going to be right back right here on the Roundtable Show with more live uh, conversation. And hopefully, we're going to get into the uh, the events of this weekend, which, of course, is Star Wars Celebration up in, uh, you know, Illinois. You're in the, the woods up there, Zod Rider. And uh, I know you wanted to go, but the weather wasn't permitting. I'm sure the tickets weren't available. The nerds were all out. We got a title yeah, to it. Extremely expensive to go too, man. Dude, like, I'm wow. saying, and of course we got a title of the movie. Episode nine has a title. We're going to talk about that, the trailer, much more. So stick around right here on the round table. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. And uh, if you guys want to Skype in, you know how to do it: seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. All willing and hopefully allowed by Skype. We'll get some calls in. We'll be right back. Yes, love hurts. It can hurt emotionally, but more important, it can also hurt you physically. It can hurt you in a way which nobody who owns a hot tub and lives in California can afford to be unaware of. Yes, I'm talking about California hot tub rectal gonorrhea. This painful and curable disease can make an enjoyable soak in a hot tub with family, friends, and dog into a literally unforgettable experience. If you catch California hot tub rectal gonorrhea, not only will you walk around feeling like you're about to pass a twisted sardine can lid, you'll also smell like a pile of burning tractor tires. So don't jump out of the frying pan and into the hot tub, because if you get California hot tub rectal gonorrhea, it'll really burn your ass. This has been a public service message brought to you by the Citizens Against CHTRG Foundation. California hot tub rectal gonorrhea. We're not going to take it sitting down. Look up, America, to the new airline that's telling the truth. We stuff you in a tiny seat. We lose your luggage, too. Our planes run late, our food you'll hate. But we won't lie to you. We're Honesty Airlines. We give it to you straight. Honesty Airlines. We're last to leave the game. Other airlines will tell you the skies are friendly and you're somebody special in the air. <laughs> Come on, at Honesty Airlines, we know that you know better. So, we're just telling it like it is. With mergers up and airfares down, we're flying in red Our flight attendants hate their jobs, our pilots like to drift. So, next time you have to fly, try Honesty Airlines. We'll get you there. Eventually. We're Honesty Airlines. We never land on time. Some restrictions apply. All right, here we go, guys. We're back live on PSN Radio. This is the Roundtable Show with us 
as you should, like, uh, like I say, every time we're actually live, is uh, Zach uh, Snyder's number one fan, Mr. Zod Ryder. And uh, we have, of course, on the other side, Johnny Alpha and myself, the Jackal, all live here, and we're missing cold cuts again. I don't know what I think he, yeah. he, he, he's eating bread, I think, because wasn't that his whole, his whole thing? Like when he was on the show, he was always talking about, it's like bread. You know, I think he's like making Yeah, he's, he's on a hard carbs diet. Like it's, <laughs> it's all, all carbs the there, all the time. He wants <laughs> to put on weight, not lose weight. But you hear that little jingle in the background, guys? That's Star Wars because we had celebration this week, and we're all excited. You know, we, we've been excited, some of us more than others. The Last Jedi left a, a kind of a bitter taste in a big part of the fandom's mouth, as we all know. But celebration happened. The titles here, the uh, the trailer, the teaser for Episode Nine is finally out. We can all kind of share our thoughts. Uh, let's jump right into it, guys. The Rise of Skywalker is the official title, and um, the official trailer came out. And uh, let's talk about the title first, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I'm conflicted about it. I like it and I don't like it at the same time. But I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure what it means in the context of the movie because, like a teaser, it showed us enough to get your appetite not only wet and uh, you know get you excited and hyped, but it didn't really tell us much of the narrative of what this movie is. And as, as we've seen in the past with the other titles. Usually the title goes well with the storyline that we're getting in the movie. For example, Attack of the Clones, which everybody's like, oh, that's such a stupid title. But at the end of the day, in the movie, if it wasn't for the clones attacking, well, you don't have no, much no, of the movie. It was a good title. It was a, that's a Star Wars title. It just was a stupid movie. Like, well, that this, depends. This, this that's how, really yeah, but well, no, that's that's all subjective because some people like that movie, some people hate that movie. I personally thought it was a good middle movie for the prequels. I liked it, so you I could think say it's a good game is what I was saying. That the, the it's title it's fit the movie. So let's go about the title, not about the actual film. The title fit that movie. Phantom Menace, you know, yeah. the title fit that movie. Revenge of the Sith, the title perfectly fit that movie. A New Hope, the title fit that movie. The Empire Strikes Back, the title fit that movie. Return of the Jedi, the title fit that movie because Luke became the new Jedi. Um, even The Force Awakens, because it's been 30 years since the last movie, uh, in canon and because of, you know, The Force Awakening and Rey, it fit that movie. The Last Jedi, unfortunately, it, you know, it fit the movie, but the movie was critically panned and uh, commercially panned no, 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 by no, no. the it, fans. It, it, it wasn't critically panned. Critics love it. Just the fans hate the it. The fandom hates yeah. it. Well, it's funny because... It was just hated by people on YouTube. Yeah, but here's the thing. Most of the people that go on YouTube and create a channel and review movies become critics themselves. So when you're talking about all these people on YouTube... They're now critics. I mean, we're in an, in an era that it's no longer Siskel and Ebert. Now it's, you know, the games and geekers and beakers and, and, and bongs and all these Star Wars theories and the Mike <laughs> Zeros of the world. Yes, you know, the colliders <laughs> colliding with John Campia's ass. I mean, you have all these different groups <laughs> that are putting, you know, all this content out there. So, and I don't watch a lot of the videos and I laugh. I had a, you know, hardcore and how, 
like fanatical these guys are. Because look, I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan. I, I remember being a little kid and going to see Return of the Jedi in theaters as a kid and having nothing but Star Wars toys to play with in the 80s. I'm 41. I'm in that demographic that grew up with the originals, saw the prequels, you know, I'm one of the few, there was an adult when the prequels came out, and I still like them and love them now, you know, it's been so many years since they've been already removed from, you know, them coming out, and I enjoyed The Force Awakens, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, for what it was. It did a nice job of setting up the new cinematic universe, did a nice job of bringing us back to that universe that we all loved, original trilogy feel to it. J.J. Abrams is the man. I love J.J. Abrams' work. Um, you know, I've loved a lot of his films. So I was 100% on board. He delivered. And then The Last Jedi came out, which I initially liked a lot of it in theaters, and as I repeat viewed it, I didn't like so much of what I saw. Now I'm like very uh, 70, you know, 30 on that movie. I, like, I'm not very happy with a lot of it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of it that I would cut out of that film. I did my own cut, which took me two weeks. I have it from Geeks and, uh, and Bongers. Uh, it didn't take me a year and a half, buddy. It should not take you a year and a half to recut a movie that's already essentially cut for you. You're just re-editing it into your own, like, you know, fandom imaginary cut. So Maybe he's making his own dubstep soundtrack for it. I don't know what the hell that guy's doing. I mean, I have my own personal issues with those guys because, I mean, they're so damn negative. And and they've made a lot of money, you know, being negative. That's the problem with those channels. Like, they, they were, they probably used to be just a normal video game channel. But once you dip your toe in that water and you yep. gain that fan base, you can't get back out of it. From then on, everybody's going to expect you to shit on everything from then on. That's why when you were kind of telling me about, like, you wanted to do that on YouTube, I'm like, yeah, but if you ever try to do anything else, they're going to fucking try to hang you, man. Like, yeah, but I was like, going to do it into more of a political, you know, thing with my jackals. And that's still happening, by the way. The jackals said oh, it's going oh, more I, political, by the way. And it's going to be not so much negative, uh, but it's going to be more in your face about what's happening politically in the world. But I will also incorporate some things that I view negative, whether it's in entertainment, music, you know, movies, TV, whatever. So, ba- so basically, it'll be like the inside the jackal's head of the old days, right? <laughs> what That's basically saying. what it is. It'll be, it's it'll just be a, what it, you be what you used to do, but less <laughs> focusing on ufology, well, which back, is what I used to focus on more. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but I mean, it could it could still have bits and pieces of that in there. Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm never going to fully go away because I mean, I've been presented on shows that I've done interviews for as the ufology guy, that UFO he has a UFO podcast, and, I, and yeah, I had one Sky Watchers Radio for a long time, which is now dormant. Uh, but you know, the tackle said was kind of an open format for everything. So me bringing that show back makes more sense, and that's going to be something I'm going to be doing moving forward in the, in the very near future both here on PSN Radio and on YouTube. But with that said, you know, I, I, I like to be positive. I like to be hyped. And I like the fact that, you know, we, we saw Celebration this this weekend, and it wasn't like a bunch of people just booing Kathleen Kennedy, booing the production. No, fans were genuinely hyped, and it was a packed audience. And people were happy about what they saw. The trailer looked good. I wasn't blown away by it, but I do like a lot of it. And I'm willing to, like, give the, the title a chance, The Rise of Skywalker, because it means something. And I'm sure it's going to, at the end, you know, 
do what it's meant to do, which is what Jesus said he was going to do, which was, you know, close the chapter between all these films, all nine of them, and bring the entire thing together into one final conclusion, which, of course, we've heard that before, we've been told that before, and then, you know, a new trilogy comes out, which is kind of what I think will eventually happen in about yeah, ten years. Yeah, they're going to keep doing it. Yeah, them. ten, nine, you know, nine, ten, but eleven, twelve. Hey, come on, you don't do more. That's just for me. Is. For me, the title, it just I, th- this whole trilogy. Um, the titles just seem a bit off. It's like they're trying too hard to name Star Wars things that they they sound almost right, but just not quite. Like, right. And um, I'm willing to give the movie a shot, but like, it's a it's a dumb name. All three of the movies I think have had pretty dumb names. That's half the reason why when Force Awakens come, was coming out, I was kind of negative about it because I was just like, it sounds so stupid. But when and you watch the movie, it, it made sense. It, yeah, it made sense in the content of the film itself, though. But it, it still could they could have gave it a better, like more fitting Star Wars names because as bad as I am, as mean as I am to the prequels, they had legit Star Wars names. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you know, Attack of the Clones was such a great title. Come on, guys. I liked really? it. We covered that really? earlier. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a good title. It, it was fitting to what happened in the movie. If and the clones were attacked at the end, you know, the, the Jedi lose. Attack of the Clones and, and, sounds like a sounds like a 1950s horror movie about but that's the, U.S. saucers made out of plates. Well, but that's the whole point. A small Nebraska town. But that's, that's the whole point. Like. But that's the whole point. Yeah, that's what Star Wars was supposed to be reflecting a little bit of. I would actually say it's more like Commander Cody or like a Flash Gordon type of sound yeah. right, right. series, which yeah. is. What George Lucas wanted Star Wars to be, so that way it it was a legit Star Wars thing. But, 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 but by saying that, though, you're kind of derailing your own point because you're making fun of the title for being a bad title of a Star Wars movie. But they've all kind of been bad titles. When you look at Attack of the Clones, they're, they're that's pulp. what George Lucas those wanted those to be like pulp titles. Like a pulp title. So, like, even The Force Awakens would be kind of like a pulp title in regards Rise, to Star Rise Wars. Rise of the Skywalker does not Rise sound of the Skywalker like makes sense. Sounds- Skywalker <laughs> is the key to the entire saga. Dude, Skywalker is the key to the entire saga. The entire saga has been about, st- has been about Skywalker. So, ultimately, having Skywalker in the title makes fucking sense. I think the reason, by the way, guys, and I'm going to give my two cents, I think the reason why it's called The Rise of Skywalker is because we're going to finally get the answer as to who created Anakin and how he came to rise to power. And that's going to end up being the big secret. That's why you have Palpatine laughing at the end, because we're going to find out that Rey is uh, probably another project of Palpatine's. He's been behind the scenes the whole time. I think we're going to find out that it's not just Palpatine. And I think this is it's something, it might be a spoiler share if you guys don't want to hear this. Um, now, I'm not getting this from anybody in particular. This is my own theory, but it could potentially be the way they go with this. When in the trailer you see them you know, coming up to the remnants of the Death Star, which I'm telling you, that's it's the second water. Death Star. The Death Star is underwater. Right, that, and that's the second Death Star. By the way, I, there's no way that could be the first one. Yeah, that has to be the, the second, second one. So that means that we're probably on a planet that is where, do you remember uh, Endor, the uh, planet from Return of the Jedi, was a moon on a planet. When uh, when they destroyed that second Death Star, what did the remnants of that you know go to? 
probably pulled into gravity. Yeah. Yeah. So it probably went into the actual planet that the Endor was covering, or Endor was, you know, um, hovering. Orbiting. Around. Orbiting is the word you're looking for. Orbiting. Yes. Thank you very much, Mister uh, Mister American. Uh, but um, yeah, orbiting planet, and it got pulled into the gravity. So I, I'm pretty sure that's the actual planet. We've never seen that planet. We've seen the moon of Endor. That's it. So I think we're, we're finally going to get to see that, and in that. Death Star, I think that, you know, you're going to see the clones of Palpatine. I think what, that, what we're going to get to is a harken back to tie everything together is Palpatine had clones set up, and this pulls right out of the old extended universe where he had, he figured out how Pegasus died. Yeah. This is how I believe that they're going to explain how Darth Pegasus, you know, was able to cheat death. He cloned the body and his soul was able to enter the clone body and continue living that way, which it's right out of the expanded universe. Now, if they do that, that's brilliant because it really does tie in the movies, brings in from the expanded universe, it ties in the lore, it allows for Palpatine to look like himself before Return of the Jedi, a little bit older because it's been some time. So you have Ian McDermott decides to be under all that heavy makeup. He can look like he is an older version of what we saw in the Return of uh, Revenge of the Sith before he has the Mace Window battle. So you can get that kind of aspect. We heard him laughing at the end of the trailer. He shows up at the end of the panel. So, I mean, there's, you know, the, the, um, at least they're pushing the narrative that he's in the movie. Palpatine is probably the guy behind the entire thing. And you're asking, well, they kind of like, you know, cheated us with Snoke. He was a nobody in the last one. Well, I, th- I think that's been the grand scheme of things. Because even if you look at the original prequels, uh, you know, the prequels did the same thing kind of with Darth Maul and the apprentices. Now it's just backwards. You know, now we have the apprentice that doesn't die, but his master died in the middle, and then the grand emperors, when he comes out at the end, and saying, I was pulling the strings from behind Snoke, and the entire time, and blah, blah, blah. And it's a clone of the emperor's body with the soul of the original emperor in him, which, again, I think that would be a brilliant way of tie thing. If J.G. goes that route, my God, he I mean, he really does listen not only to the fans, he is a, I mean, he is a diehard fan, we know that. But he, he did something that I think a lot of fans completely would miss, and that is gonna be something new to a lot of people, I think. Once they see that, they're gonna be like, wait a second, where's that from? And then that's gonna lead them right back to the original expanded universe, which now that'll become canon. So for everybody bitching, well, you know, they completely ditched the expanded universe. Well, there you go. This is JJ doing more fan service. So this is going to make a lot of people happy. I'm excited about it. I talked about this over a year or two ago. I think right after The Last Jedi, I was like, I think Palpatine is the key to this. And everybody from Cam, you know, in the uh, California guys' uh, chat room, shout out to him. Everybody's like, oh, you're crazy. They'll never use Palpatine again. Well, here we go. The Palpatine. It's a logical way to close everything out. And if they do that, you could, you know, this is an easy fix. People will be like, well, why does not come back as a Force Ghost? I have an answer to that. And it's a very simple answer. The Jedis who are a part of the light, 
they get to come back as Force Ghosts. They become one with the Force. The Sith, the only way for them to come back is through cloning, and that's the way they figure out how to cheat death. Unlike the Jedi, they can't come back as Force Ghosts unless they're in the gray area, which the Emperor would never be because he's the ultimate evil. So the only way for him to cheat death and come back would be through cloning, which is what I think Darth Plagueis uh, was able to, to figure that out. Could also, that could also explain how we're going to get Anakin back, too. Well, and it, and it, well, but Anakin turned back to the light side. Remember, he he redeemed himself. So, so the Anakin that we're going to get is going to be Hayden Christensen. Then we're going to get a Force Ghost Anakin. You think that'll be the only logical saying, stuff? Because they said Anakin is in this movie. Yeah, that'll be the logical way to do it. Because I mean, even if you look at the, and I know people are are upset because you know they you know, Lucas went back and he re-edited the original trilogy and he changed things. What if the Emperor revives the? Well, yeah, no, no. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because Lucas took his body. Lucas no, no, took no. His body and burned it. Right. No, be, be, besides that, Emperor. besides that, besides all that, at the end of Return of the Jedi, we have the Force Ghost of who? Hayden Christensen. Edited into the special editions. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm pretty sure. Don't put that talent. Look, regardless, I, I think he's a he's a good actor. He was just <laughs> acting in a way that didn't you know please you. I, I don't have anything against Hayden Christensen. I think under the tutelage of J.J. Abrams, I think he's going to do fine in a limited role. Yes, oh, that's I mean, he's been in movies with Nicolas Cage. He'll be yeah, a great actor now. <laughs> yeah, well. To video stuff with Nick Cage, I've actually wanted to pick a couple of those up. So yeah, maybe I'll give him another chance in the Nick Cage movie. I have in the Nick Cage movie. Like, that's saying a lot. Look, I have no nothing against uh, Hayden Christensen. I, mean, I think he's a, a good I actor. I don't either. So. I mean, he's okay. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to give him another shot as Anakin. He still looks about the same and, and, and looks. Yeah, he hasn't aged much. I mean, so, he'll be all right. Yeah, as a Force Ghost, you bring him back. And and you tell the story of how you know he became, uh, you know, made by the Mandalorian. I mean, of the Mandalorian. That's a different thing. By the midichlorians. I don't think they're going to mention midichlorians. Yeah, no midichlorians, yeah. man. No, it, it, it would just be like he was created by the Force, but. The Emperor had a little bit of help into it because he was so powerful, and I think the Emperor is kind of like going to be the key to how Anakin uh, became who he was. And I think the answer for Rey is Rey is also a child of the Force, where she was conceived. The mother probably died at birth. The the drunken father that everybody knows that like sold her to slavery was probably like somebody who just couldn't deal with having a kid, so he's just like. Ditched her on, on Jakku, and that part of they're gonna keep that as because you, you know you don't want to retcon everything. I, I don't know. I think Ray is Palpatine's daughter, dude. I don't know. I mean, they could be. We're just throwing theories out there, but I don't think that's gonna be the angle they're gonna go with. And I don't think she is the Skywalker that tries. I think this is gonna I be think, like I think Kylo is the Skywalker. Yeah, because he's nobody can't be. He's no, he's Solo. His father's name is Solo. There's no way he could be a Skywalker Solo. I mean, he is technically a Skywalker Solo, but he's been that throughout the whole thing. I don't know. Maybe he just, he never liked his dad. Maybe he could just go with his mom's last name. I know a lot of guys that do that. So. No, no. That, <laughs> not only that, not that. only that, you got, you got a figure, uh, that scene in the, that scene in the trailer where Princess Leia is hugging her, her real life daughter. Oh my God. That alone. 
means this movie's going to be amazing. No, because and, and here's where that wouldn't work. Because remember, they're pulling that footage directly from uh, A Force Awakens, where the narrative there wasn't that she was the mom and she was the daughter. Um, that's become like a fan theory after the fact. And Carrie Fisher, remember, she's passed away. So it's not like she's there to film all these new scenes. No, uh, no, no. Well, new scenes, it'll be whatever they've got. Right. They I, I think I think that's probably more like they're hugging and crying because, you know, Han died. And I, I, what I believe you're seeing there is probably a quick scene of them doing like a funeral for Han that we never got to see. And that's how you're going to see uh, Leia either early on in the movie. But they say for, for the first time, this will be a, this is a Star Wars movie that's going to have flashbacks, and we might end up actually getting Mark Hamill as a younger Luke with CGI done like how they did Samuel L. Jackson for Ant Man. Maybe, but I don't think they're going to do. You know, I don't think they're going to go that that flashback either. I'm going to do flashbacks. Well, if I they think... want to show him just after return a scene just after Return of the Jedi, they're going to have to do that because Mark Hamill doesn't. You know, they're going to have to. That's, that's. Yeah, but who says they're going to shoot a scene right after Return of the Jedi? Uh, we'll see. Nobody's, I, I, nobody said that. All they there. said was that this movie said in, you know, the future, it sometime had passed since uh, The Last Jedi. Um, in fact, in the panel, Mark Hamill wasn't used. They noticed the uh, panel this weekend. Uh, he wasn't there. He wasn't present. He wasn't in the teaser. Yeah, other, than said, his, other than the voiceover. And then he's on the poster. So I think he's coming into this movie as a force ghost. Um, he's going to be part of, like, the force ghost to come out to help Ray. I think they're going to, like, you know, each individual, like, you know, give her advice. But I don't think she is a Skywalker. Uh, I don't think... Uh, oh, I don't think she is either. I don't think that uh, Ben Solo is a Skywalker as, you know, he's going to take the mantle and be good. I think what's going to end up happening is that she is going to be like Anakin a child of the Force, and uh, she was created by the, the Force itself to balance the Force, and her job is to die along with uh, Ben Solo in a final battle that's going to, you know, be the the one that completely, like, balances the universe. Because now there will be no good or bad. The rest of the universe will kind of have to figure it out on their own. And then you're going to have expanded storylines where, you're, you know, you're going to have people that are Force-sensitive, but they're not going to know much of the backstory other than the great Luke Skywalker and the lore and, and history and stuff that they, you know, are told about. Uh, but they're not going to have that great, you know, example of the Jedi Order, you know, there to rule for them. They're not going to have the great evil of the Sith or the Empire or the First Order. All that's going to be gone so the universe will be balanced. There'll be none of that. It'll be just whoever's Force-sensitive is Force-sensitive, which I think it will kind of like, in a sense... Give a little closure to, like, the kids from the, the Last Jedi. I remember the, the Force Center kid with the broom. It, that, it'll kind of, like, broom say, boy. okay. He's yeah, Broom he, Boy. He's going to be the star of, uh, Ryan Johnson's name? trilogy. Ryan Johnson's new trilogy. <laughs> that's who, that's what, yeah, but that's what it'll tie that in. He's going to have his own Disney Plus show. But think about it. That would be a way to tie even that in because you're saying, now, okay, you know, the saga for the Skywalkers is over as far as we know. Everybody got closure. But in the universe itself, hey, there's other Force-sensitive beings that are going to do their own thing and have their own path. We even lost the uh, the Jedi books because Rey took them, and who knows what she did with them. 
you know, the, te- the, the tree temple is burnt. There's other temples out there. Although four sensitive beings, whether they're human or alien, will eventually find their way there. But it opens up the entire galaxy for, you know, Lucasfilm's not to play with that is not directly dealing with these nine films. So they can go on a little bit of a hiatus for a decade or two or whatever. Um, they, you know, and I, again, I think episode 10, 11, and 12 will eventually happen someday. But I am looking forward to, like, the Game of Thrones guys doing their own trilogy. Um, and, by the way, when they say, oh, well, we're not going to do any Star Wars films for a while, we're going to kind of give it a rest. Yeah, but you have a trilogy, you know, ready to go, greenlit. So, so they got, like, five shows that are going to be on Disney+. Right. Plus so don't give me don't give me that, Bob, you know, give me that, oh, we're going to give Star Wars a break for a while, because well, what's uh, DB&Y's doing then? What's their trilogy about? They're you know. moving right on from Game of Thrones to Star Wars. Right. So, so why does Ryan Johnson, who has no business ever doing another Star Wars movie, keep talking about it? Oh, yeah, my trilogy's still on. Yeah, he keeps saying that, but I'm, I'm willing to bet you anybody that it's going to be it never the Game happened. of Thrones guys that we got win out yeah. in the end there. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, they're both doing trilogies. I think at the end of the day, Ryan Johnson is going to be pushed out and pushed out and pushed out until eventually in a nice way, he's like, well, I'm too busy or I can't do it right now. And yeah, then he's pushed he's, out some more. He's, got, he, he's working on a, you know, he's working on a, a Looper female, 2 uh, or whatever. <laughs> the female version of Looper, you know, whatever. The female version of Looper, yeah, there you go. Instead of Bruce Willis, at least going to Weaver and some ugly chick that wear prosthetics. That's going to be Brie Larson. Yeah, she's, no, she's playing Sigourney Weaver. So, like, that would be, like, the, the hook for that one. And it'll be something stupid along those lines. Uh, but you know, even going back to like, you know, channels he's like He's doing the last action Bob, Barbie and the Rockers movie. He's got that coming up. Oh god. But look, <laughs> going back to like these podcasting channels, I think a lot of, uh, like, you know, geeks and gamers and stuff, they've made their name uh, out of being so negative. But really at the end of the day, what we have to do is just sit and wait and see what Disney comes up with. Because, uh, you know, we can't judge an entire trilogy without seeing the trilogy. And that's what a lot of these channels have done. And look, Red Letter Media got away with it. They became uber famous with uh, their videos. Geeks and Gamers have become famous with their videos. Well, Red Letter Media, they're not all negative. They they do stu- stupid skits, and they're actually they actually like most of the movies they bash in their videos. True. They, they just they they do skits. Like they're not like geeks and gamers. But what made them famous though? But what, but what made them really famous though? The, the hate for the prequels. Well, that's one of their videos that people really like with a drunk guy like, oh, dog, yeah. right. I find that shit fucking annoying, though. I, like, I don't even like the prequels, and I, c- I couldn't even finish that video, so. Well, um. but that made them famous, regardless. My point is that, you know, a lot of these websites jumped the gun a little bit. Let's wait to see what happens with with this movie. The one thing I do like, though, from Celebration, from what I saw from the panel, was, hey, fans are excited. They want to go see this movie. You know, it's hyped people that weren't hyped. Uh, it's what the appetite for fans that, that I just, they just want to see a good movie. And, uh, you know, yeah. I've, I, I've been on that, you know, boat myself where at this point I want to see a good movie. I'm, I've always been hyped for Star Wars, except for Solo. That's the only movie that I, I downright boycotted. Everybody here knows it. I said it. I've never made that a, a mystery. I was not on board with anything that came out of that project. I thought it was stupid, bad idea, and uh, they went along, failed, flopped. 
And I think at the end of the day, Brian Johnson's not going to get his trilogy. I'm super excited to see what the, the Game of Thrones guys are going to put out there. And, uh, again, the trailer did enough to at least get the, the hype machine rolling. And from here to December, which is not that long off, we start to see a full trailer. And uh, we have seen a lot of footage, but we didn't see enough to where, like, we know the entire movie. And that also is good. You know, hey, Jackal. Yeah. What, what do you think about the um, the talk about the Disney Plus show about Alan Tudyak and the little French guy from Rogue One um, getting their own show on Disney Plus? Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. Do you think that we might get to see a live action version of Rebels on there since they're going to be running around at the same time? Would that be <laughs> dope or what? That would be. See that there you go. That'd be a great idea. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's like the first thing I thought of when I said uh, they said it's the like, same timeline. So it would make yeah. sense at some point they might interact with each other. I actually love that because Diego Luna, to me, is a fantastic actor. I have no issues with with uh, him. And I loved yeah. Rogue One. I think that's the best uh, Star Wars uh, prequel other than Revenge of the Sith. It's better than and, Revenge of the Sith. And, well, that's subjective to your interpretation but, and your opinion. But, like, you know, I, I really like their characters. I'm going to, like, him and um, K2's... Um, just they're back and forth and stuff. It's yeah. gonna be great to just have a K2SO. show. K2SO, and it's yeah. the original voice too. Alan Turdick is in the show, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's dope as hell. That's awesome. And, He's been uh, a lot of stuff. He plays Mister Nobody on Doom Patrol too. Which yeah, I'm loving. Yeah, he plays Mister yeah. Nobody on there, which is amazing because I'm a huge 2DX fan. Since oh, you guys don't like Firefly, but that's like kind of when I became a huge fan of his. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I became a fan of his uh, when I saw him in the movie with uh, Heath Ledger, the Night movie. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, um, Night's Tale, yeah, he was Night's hilarious at that. He was always Dude. punching Paul Bittany. Yeah, he was so good. It's funny because I, when I saw that in theaters, everybody's like, oh, snap, because I saw it originally when it came out a long time ago. And the managers that you know, invited me to see because I used to work at AMC Theaters were all like, oh, man, this guy's hysterical. And he was awesome in that he's been funny and everything that i seen him in. Um, he was also good in the, in, uh, the Powerless show. Remember the Warner Brothers short-lived uh, TV series where it was oh, about yeah. super superheroes, but none of them had, you know, were super-powered. It was just like some random office. He, he was Bruce Wayne's cousin, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was his, yeah, it was like his arrogant cousin of Bruce Powerless. Wayne. Yeah. Powerless, yeah. I mean, that was, he was brilliant in that, and that was funny. I, I liked that one season they did of that show. I thought it was a great take, and it was like a side uh, comedy to like everything that was yeah, going it was on. Yeah, like, it was like DC. It was like DC's Orville. It's kind of how I I saw it. I enjoyed it. Yes, too. I, I I enjoyed the crap out of that. Speaking of which, Orville is awesome. But I yeah. enjoyed the the crap it's out of so that. So good. This yeah, it's so good at Orville. The the first the yeah. season. Yeah, we need five hundred cigarettes, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, but Boris and Clyde. All I gotta say is. Let's open that pillow. All I gotta say is, and now the great release. Uh, <laughs> that part episode about Isaac and his people. Dude, that's better than any of the. That that's... needs to get. That needs to get an. I keep saying that needs to get the Ray Bradbury Award for sci-fi, dude, because that's epic. You're like, whoa. Two episodes about Isaac's people, man. That was better than any of the Next Generation movies were, man. That, yep. that was that was legit good, like Star Trek. Yeah. 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 Which you know, one thing that Orville does, which is a key to like Star Wars, also by the way, is they keep 
uh, using like you know they use CGI obviously, but a lot of it is uh, you know practical effects. And you notice it looks real. Even though it's in space, you totally they actually have it set. You know, they it's not all CGI'd. And that's one thing I love about the uh, the sequel so far. They, a lot of the creature shops are working on this stuff. Uh, the you know the trailer has that blend of CGI with practical effects, which I think really works for Star Wars. It works for the Orville. I think that's the way to make these things great. And that was the one thing about the prequels that I think kind of like missed in the hit and miss department was yeah, too, too much, much CGI. CGI. Yeah, just so reliant on it. It was. Like that, like- like that scene in uh, Attack of the Clones when they're like riding that stupid monster thing around. Like if that would have been like part puppet and they just kind of did CGI over it, it would have looked so much better. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did use part puppet. The thing is, it wasn't like it, it was a mechanical, like uh, you know, chair or whatever, like the saddle that Obi Wan sat in and did the whole. Yeah, well, well, yeah, no, I know it was like a, it was a green screen apparatus that right. they sat on and it kind of flopped around. I meant like if they like just they had like an actual like physical thing for it and then just kind of put more stuff on like the CGI to make it look a little yeah. more fit in with it, the green screen it, background of the show. Yeah, so I think that would have been a little better. I think that would have looked a whole lot better. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that. Uh, but again, look, that that was one of the few. Th- you know, technical issues I had with the prequels. That's what I've loved about the sequels so far. At least they use more practical effects. JJ really made a, a thing about that. I think it's continuing in that. I like the fact they're using Jordan and, uh, you know, they're using that in this movie as part of the desert. So there's going you know, to have different locations, different planets. That's all cool. You know, I, I'm really pleased overall with the trailer. I think it was a good cut. Not a, a, one of these that blew me away. Like, I'll be honest with you. The Force yeah. Awakens trailer I thought was better. Um, this one I thought was better than the Last Jedi trailer. Um, so I'll give it that. It was better than the, the Last Jedi by a little bit because that wasn't a terrible trailer. This is this is like a this is a totally legit comparison. It's kind of like when um, the Holy Nolan trilogy was coming out. Remember how crappy the first teasers for those were? They just kind of right. show you the flashing bat symbol and you hear like goofy dialogue from the movie. It's yeah. kind of how these like first Star Wars. Um, teasers they put out are the I I can't like I want to be hyped for it but it's just kind of like I didn't see anything and then Alex showed me this thing where they replaced Pal- Palpatine's laugh with Seth Rogen's and that's all I can think of now that it's going to Seth Rogen's laugh it's like <laughs> have you seen that edit of the trailer it's no <laughs> I, I refuse to watch that because I'm I am excited for this movie I don't want to lose my excitement yeah me too I don't want it to be ruined by yeah by Seth Rogen's voice yeah no thanks. So that was the panel, uh, the first panel, the first big panel anyway, was the episode nine. And, uh, again, the rise of Skywalker. What does it mean? What will it be like in the movie itself? Uh, you know, we don't know. We're, you know, now we have to December to, to find out. And I can't wait for the full trailer, which is going to be probably out in a few months anyway. I, you know, it, it might actually be out on May 4th for the, uh, what the force Maybe Luke, you. Luke actually has a kid out there somewhere, and it shows up in this film. Kind of like I have like in, um, theories. Just like, like the possibilities of Mara Jade, just like Mara Jade possibly showing up. I have multiple theories. You already heard one of my theories. Another theory I had was that maybe Shmi Skywalker had a sister, who had a kid, who had another kid, and uh, Ray is the kid of the kid of Shmi Skywalker, or her sister, or brother, or whatever. And that would be how Ray's a Skywalker. We figure out, hey, 
she was born to a Skywalker, kind of. But it's not Luke's daughter. But we find out that, hey, it's the daughter of, you know, of the sister of Shmi Skywalker. We don't know who her father is. She was created by the Force, using a family member of Anakin directly in Shmi Skywalker, making her another Skywalker offspring. And there was just something about that name, since they want to harken back on the name Skywalker so much, this would be a way to give Ray the Skywalker name in a way that will still give us, well, you know, they said in the last movie that she was given to slavery by a drunk. Well, yeah, her stepfather who adopted her might have been some drunk who got saddled with a kid he didn't want because his wife died, and the wife was the Skywalker, who was the mother to Ray, and there was no father like Anakin because she was maybe the sister of Shmi we, we never really got to see because, again, the Shmi Skywalker only shows up in a couple of the, in the first two movies, and she dies at the end of the Tusken Raiders and Attack of the Clones. You know, we don't know much about her backstory that she might have had a sister, she might have had a brother. I mean, she had parents. So who knows how many kids they had? We don't know much about it. So this this might be another way to say, well, this is how Ray becomes a Skywalker. She was a Skywalker. She was Shmi's daughter, and like Anakin, she was created by the Force. When the Force did their balancing, they went back to the Skywalker bloodline because they're so in tune with the Force that they're the ones that they could create the Chosen One through through that bloodline. So I mean, what if Keanu Reeves shows up as the real Skywalker. That would be that would, incredible. That would be and perfect, right? He'll be like, I am the one. <laughs> and everybody in theaters will be like, "Whoa!" This is how it always should have been. <laughs> yes, Neo <laughs> is the one. That'd be really funny if at the end of the day we find out that the entire nine Star Wars movie was like a dream Neo had in the Matrix. Oh my God! Wouldn't that be epic? It'd be like, Holy think about shit. that. Only if it's only if it's the first Matrix movie. If it's yeah, if it's before <laughs> it's if it's before it's a dream he had before he uh before he even ended up in the Matrix. <laughs> still Mr. Anderson. Yeah. yeah, there you go. The Emperor, like the, the new um. Yeah, he pulls his mask off and he's Hugo Weaving. All he's a Smith. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> the Emperor is a Smith after all. And he's like <laughs> Mr. Anderson. You have awakened from your dream. That would be that would be a crazy way to end it all, though, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be just like we'd, everybody would be like, "What the?" <laughs> Think about that, though, because I mean, I what came out in the same year as Phantom Menace, The Matrix, right? Ninety nine. They both came out the same year. The, Except for the fact that The Matrix is owned by a completely different company. That's Hey, problem. crossovers happen all the time, bro. Oh, you're <laughs> right. Warner Brothers is the one company DC or the Disney doesn't own yet. Damn it. That's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's get to that, guys. Come on, Disney. What are you waiting for? Warner Brothers is. Yeah, that's the last. That's the, la that's the last piece of the Infinity Glove that uh, the mouse needs to complete world domination. They need Warner Brothers. I mean, how much do you think it's gonna take? They got Fox for what, like seventy billion, whatever it was. 60, Dude, they, should, they should just buy Sony already. I don't, they wouldn't even have to yeah. pay that much. And then, like, they don't have to worry about Spider-Man anymore. And they could probably keep Tom Hardy and actually make some really good Venom movies. I mean, I liked the one that we got this year, but, like, it could have been way better. Well, 
Oh yeah, if they would release I, the director's cut, we'd. Be I great actually liked Venom. that that Venom movie. The could have been. I loved, I loved it, but it, like it so. could have been a way better film. But here's the thing: I'm kind of a sucker for Tom Hardy because I love him and everything he's done so far. He's been just, I mean, he's gone above and beyond, uh, jumping into a role and becoming that character. When I, when he was in Rises, uh, the Nolan trilogy, I mean, at first I was like, yeah, Tom Hardy is Bane. Isn't he rather short British and doesn't look anything like Bane? And then you watch Rises and you're like, that motherfucker became Bane. Holy shit, he was epic. And the voice, I mean, I gotta agree with you. I'm not that huge of a Tom Hardy fan. I think he's good. I think he's funny. I I enjoy him, especially in his old Brit flicks. But as Eddie Brock, in that film, oh, he really looked like he, he was enjoying it. himself. Yeah, he sold yeah. it when he was being dragged along and stuff. I, I don't think I've seen anybody do that shtick that well in a long time. Like, he was legit just having a ball. I've never seen that dude in a film just, you know, going buck wild when he hops in that fish tank and he's eating that lobster and stuff. Man, yeah. He, he sold me. I was just like, dude, the, even though this movie isn't, like, the best ever, it's kind of the best ever, you know? like He's I'm become that, that actor that even if the movie, like, if would, the movie would have probably sucked with a different actor. But he ties everything together, so even the stuff that doesn't work, he makes it work because it's him. You know, we 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 like him as an actor, and he sells on like some of the the lesser, uh, well fleshed out parts of the movie, which I think you know, when you have the right actor, you could do that. Like Christopher Reeves made a terrible Superman movie, and he made it good. Quest yeah. for peace. Well- the one That's thing not, I went, you put I any other on, you put any other actor as Superman in Quest for Peace, it's not watchable. Christopher Reeves in it, it's the one. No, but when Christopher Reeves, you still say the performance of Superman was phenomenal. Rest of the okay. movie sucked, but Christopher Reeves makes it watchable. Yeah, I, I could watch any Superman movie where Reeves was, you know, Superman because he's my Superman. So in that sense, Tom Hardy became. Eddie Brock, he became Venom. And look, the fans liked it, the critics yeah, no, liked it, and it wasn't like a Topher Grace type of thing where people were like, oh no, fuck that, that's not Eddie Brock. Like, people generally accepted Tom Hardy once the movie came out. they like, the, yes, the this thing, is though, great. I, I, I really wish they would have let him eat a person's head because the wonderful best DCEU movie made yet, Shazam, is another PG-13 movie, and there's legit monsters eating people's heads on screen in that film. And it's like, why did they cut that out of Venom? Then if like, Shazam can get away with it, like, come on. It's like Sony was playing it safe because Sony was still, at that point, they didn't know this movie was going to be a hit. Remember Sony, when they went solo with their Spider-Man movies, uh, they had a couple hits with Sam Raimi. The third one made a lot of movies, but it was critically panned. Then they rebooted and failed twice with The Amazing Spider-Man. So Sony was playing it as safe as possible with giving us as much as possible in a movie which, I, again, I thought was great. I think Sony finally is catching on how these movies should be made. And that's yeah, why... Yeah, man, they, yeah. Had, they had that and Spider-Verse, which... Yeah, Sony's right. actually finally understanding Spider-Man, it looks like. Yeah, and, and that's great. Now, I don't want to see another reboot with a different Spider-Man. So I think they're going to bring in the, the kid who's playing in Homecoming yeah. and the MCU, and he's going to like eventually be brought in. But I want to see this Venom universe flesh out into another sequel without even mentioning Spider-Man that much. Maybe have him yeah. you know, as, just, you know in the background. Him, so have him something. fighting Carnage like they set up in the, right. uh, in the credits scene with him and Will. Harrelson, like I, that, had me just excited for the sequel. I'm like, put that out now. I need to see Tom Hardy fight Woody Harrelson with a Reggie yep. Anwig, like right now. I need to see that. 
you know, one way I, that, that they would be brilliant to tie it in with the uh, what MCU is doing is if they bring in Michael Keaton and the Vulture into the Venom movie. And well, I think him. I think he goes I think he goes over with them. See, like after Home, um, Spider-Man: Far From Home, yeah, Marvel's Marvel's got their five films with them. Tom Holland's um signed up for Sony for six. So after after um, Spider-Man: Far From Home, he's done his five for Marvel. And that third, that last film is going to be his introduction into the Sony Spider-Verse. And if they strike another deal with Marvel. That'll be great, but if not, they have a couple hits under their belt. Plus, they're bringing this kid over from something that he's already proven himself in. So, hopefully, people will still watch it, even though he's not going to be hanging out with Iron Man, who's not going to be around anymore, anyways. So, right. But I, I, I think that part of the reason why they're able to use him in the Venom and in the Sony movies is they have a deal with one with a. Uh, with Marvel in place, where they could share the you know the, the actor and share the, you know the the Spider-Man in the universe, and I think they're gonna do something like that, which is it's fine. But yeah, eventually Sony's gonna go under because they don't have much going on movie-wise. At least their movie department, I think, eventually will go under like Fox did, and Disney's gonna be right, right there to pick it up. That's why I don't think they're making that big of a push. Because at the end of the day, if everything else fails and all they have is Spider-Man to fall back on, and Sony hasn't really produced that many big hits in a while. Uh, Spider-Verse, so, I think, is their biggest one that they've had in a decade. Yeah. Well, because um, from what I've heard, this is a rumor, but like a lot of people have told, said this, is that like two years ago, Sony went and actually tried to sell themselves to um, to Disney, but they wanted too much money, and Disney, and Disney was just like, nah. We'll get you when we want you. Then yeah, yeah. Go ahead and keep Disney <laughs> plays are cool. <laughs> Disney plays. Look, they did it with Fox. Look, for how long it was Fox well, see, trying to But that sell. was. But see, I think Venom was like the audition tape for uh, Disney. So now Disney is like, well, maybe is probably thinking about it. I, well, I would maybe. say Spider Verse. Spider Verse was definitely like if that anything was going to sell them on buying it, it would be that masterpiece of wonderful animation, storytelling, and. I, I've never been so happy that a movie won an Oscar in my life as I am for that one because it was just oh so good. I don't even like Spider Man, and that movie was so good. Yeah, and, and we almost had Tobey Maguire, by the way, in that as voice. Actually, I like the scruffy New Yorker guy who got to play the fat Spider Man. I like. Yeah. I think his voice actually fit way better than it would have if it was Tugboat. I actually would like to see Tugboat. By the way, he's come out publicly saying that he was he wants to do another superhero. Of some sort, so and he's open to like being, you know, cast in another superhero role. Um, hey, oh, maybe Sony will use them for uh, his Spider Man again. Un- if, uh, Uncle Peter, uh, you know, uh, Uncle Ben, Peter, and Uncle Ben. He said, I haven't seen him. You seen on May, and she's hot, but we've oh, never yeah. seen Uncle Ben. I don't know. I think Marissa Tomei's too hot for Tugboat, man. Like, but they're on the same age, what? But they're about to say they're around the same age where Uncle Ben would have been dead, and she would have been around his age that he is now. So it actually timeline would fit in with what he looks like, his current age. If he was to shoot, you know, for like the next movie, for example, or when they bring over like the property to Sony, and they were to shoot a scene with an Uncle Ben who you know gets shot or dies off screen, and it's a flashback to kind of like bring in. The actor from the MCU who plays Spider-Man, uh, Tom, uh, Holland. Holland, yeah, I was forget his last name. I was kind of confused. But Tom Holland, and when they bring him in, this would be a nice way to introduce him to that universe slowly, and it'll, it'll be kind of a nice nod to the Sam Raimi movies to have, you know, go bit in a flashback, 
played by a Tobey Maguire. That'd be kind of cool to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm seeing Tugboat as the Green Lantern. Like, if he wants to play a superhero, that's, like, a pretty good one. And, like, I don't know, he might be a little too old for hell. Uh, but I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, well, because, like, he... He's not really good at the comedy, and Green Lantern's not actually supposed to be funny, unlike what Ryan Reynolds thought. So that's why I was thinking of him, because he can kind of do, like, kind of spoofy jokes, but I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of guys that, like, kind of fit his um, look. But it, it, it wouldn't be good for Hal Jordan, maybe Kyle Rayner. I mean, maybe. Yeah, dude. Like, as a matter of fact, like, we, um, on the other podcast I'm doing, we did a talk, and we were actually talking about, like, if we would um, let Zack Snyder back into oh, a DCEU movie and I was like yeah if he does Tom King's um, Omega Man he would be perfect for it because the movie is brutal as fuck it's dark it's gory and if yeah and let, um, let Tugboat work for Snyder man that would be dope I just, I just throw up in my mouth a little bit when you mentioned the lean against Zack Snyder Man, will you leave Zack Snyder alone man he is not that bad it's just his DC movies are toilet like he he made great stuff, and you want him to sure make more, which makes no sense. No, 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 no. See, the thing is, is, they gave him a hero that he is not suited for. That guy is the last man in the world that should have been able to touch Batman or Superman. He is a dark, dark dude. Like, give him a horror themed character or a brutal storyline, and he's he'll make magic with it, like he did in his early career. You go and give him like the bright blue boy, boy scout from outer space. Yeah, no, he's going to be like, I don't understand this. Can I, can I make him kill somebody? Sure, Zach, go ahead and make him kill somebody. The fans will hate it, though. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. And that's what we got. And that, that there's a reason why you don't give a guy like Zack Snyder the, the Superman gun. As long as you keep him away from Star Wars, I'm happy. Yeah, I don't no, want to, I don't he's, want to he's, see... He's really too dark for Star Wars unless they decide to try to do like some kind of like yeah, brutal... You, like, know, you guys are forgetting one thing right here and right now. Zack Snyder is a major, major super, I mean, Star Wars fan. And I know, but still, it's Zack Snyder. with J.J. Abrams, and guess what? It you guys are matter. always talking shit about Zack Snyder, but who wrote the, who wrote the uh, Superman movie that you all hate? The same David guy Sawyer. who's writing the next... The same guy who's writing the next Star Wars movie that we're David about to Sawyer's see. David Sawyer's writing Star Wars? Okay, it's going to suck. Oh, Chris Terrio is writing Star Wars. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's cut everything out for a second. Let me, let me course correct you. Chris Terrio is writing the script based on the story that J.J. Abrams gave him. So Chris no. Terrio is just sitting there. Being the guy saying, okay, this is what you're giving me. Okay, I'm going to flesh that into a script. And I'm going to give you my two cents of what I would fix, what I would add, or do this, or do that. But at the end of the day, it's still J.J. Abrams' concept story. He created a, the continuation from the last movie, which I know story arc, as we know. There's no set plan for this that's trilogy. That's a big problem. That, that's a big, up is a big that problem. is the biggest problem this trilogy's had. They had no set story arc going in, other than the, the, the threads that J.J. Abrams left behind. So, and I remember when, when J.J. first was announced as director, he sat there for a couple of months saying, well, what do I do? How do I tie everything together? Before they hired he, Chris Terrio. He Terrio. wanted to direct that movie. I think he came back and directed it because not only did they not have anybody else really in mind to turn to, but he realized that if he didn't direct it, they probably were just going to screw it up even further. <laughs> that... <laughs> 
that, and when he came back, it was several months after that they announced that Chris Terry was joining the writing team, which again leads me to believe that he's being brought in to like finish and polish off a script because at the end of the day, he's not a storyteller, he's a script writer. And there's and a difference between a, right, it means there's a big difference between being a storyteller and the guy who writes the physical script. And I, and I know that because I've written a story and I've handed it off to somebody. And, you know, we know Tico, you and I, Zod. We know we, we wrote a script for him and we gave it to him and he looked it over and he's like, eh, now what I want to do. That's basically what happened here. Is, you know, we, what did you we, we were, we, we were the What did he want to do, Jackal? Well, 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 but I'm putting us in that example because we were like Chris Terrio where we wrote if I started a script for him based on his ideas and what he wanted to, uh, for us to write. That's you what Chris Terrio is. Whether, whether, and the thing is, what Chris Terrio wrote and they handed back, I'm sure they collaborated, went back and forth, they rewrote it until they got a script where I saw then after a few, you know, several months of the market on it, I saw JJ on another talk show saying, yeah, we finally nailed it. We've, we've got the script ready. Why? Because he was working on it. He handed it off to a guy who's going to flesh it out for him, which is Terrio. And then Terrio's going to add his two cents here and there, dialogue, fix-ups, you know, things that he's good at. So that's why I'm not too concerned, because I know I have a master filmmaker who came up with a, a way to tie everything together. And then you have a writer of scripts, not a storyteller, but a writer of scripts who knows how to do it phonetically put and how to narrate a script and put it together. That's two different things. Now, with the Batman vs. Superman and using Chris Terrio, who was the director on that? Whose story did that come from? Zack Snyder. It was his idea. He came up with the concept. He handed it to, to Terrio again. Yes, and he and came then, up with a brilliant film, and Terrio which, made which, it even better. And again, subject to interpretation, because, you know, again, the... the Batman vs. Superman, I didn't like. The majority of the fans didn't like it. Justice League, I liked it a little bit more than Batman vs. Superman, but it was still garbage. And at the end of the day, Terry was involved in, in what, both of them? Or at least everything involved in one of them. Oh, they threw away everything Terry wrote for Justice League. Well... (laughs) I don't know how much, I don't know, I don't know how much, you know, was rewritten or whatever, but I know he was involved in the initial writing of the script, but I don't blame him, is what I'm trying to get at. I blame the initial person who came up with the concept of the, of of these story arcs. Now, that was all Zack Snyder's baby, which is why I'm like, really want to see a Zack Snyder cut, because that's going to be more of like, what didn't work originally. So, okay. In your, in your opinion. Right, in my opinion, it's subject to my opinion. Except for your little cult of children of Martha. That's the that's the thing. That's my my little cult, you know, you know, like literally millions of people. But that's my little cult. I don't know about that. I see maybe twelve, thirteen guys. I don't see millions of people. Twenty-five people that like the tweets, man. Really? Okay. I don't see millions. I haven't seen millions. You need to go relook at my tweets, dude. There's not, but you don't. You don't have millions of hits. I don't need. I guess if we count every like from every tweet, you might have. And not only that, you got got people. You got people with millions and millions of followers who are championing (laughs) the Snyder Cut. 
but none of them. But none of them are tweeting. Right now, let's mention a guy right now on air named Tyrone Magnus. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of him. Oh, of course, he's, yeah. He's got over. He's got over three million YouTube subscribers. So please tell me how you know. It's not just a. What you guys are forgetting is it's Ooh, not. This, but because you have, but because you have Tyrone backing it. That. But because you have Tyrone, hold on, hold on, guys, 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 because I don't like all this Snyder hate. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because you have Tyrone Magnus, who's back in there, the the, uh, Snyder cut, doesn't mean that his three million followers give a shit. This means they're his followers. Doesn't mean anything. It's like that phone call that was recorded and put on Twitter. Doesn't mean anything. It just means that if if anybody's going to find out, it'll be when it comes out in the trades. Just got to be careful and then just got to be patient and just got to sit and wait. Now that's that. So let's not even you know go uh, you know towards how many fans you know, a certain YouTuber has because he's just one guy. It doesn't matter what his fandom likes or doesn't because they're not all like. You know, jumping for joy that we might get a, a Snyder cut. I haven't seen millions of followers going crazy over this thing. Does it have his followers? I'm sure. But the heavy hitters, you're one of them. You're, you're the guys that are like really pushing for this. I've seen maybe a dozen, 15, 20. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen that many. So it, it's not like, bro, when the Star Wars negativity for the last channel yeah. came out, I mean, that was huge. We're talking about thousands of people on the internet. It's been all over YouTube. Uh, you know, Geeks and Gamers is just one of them who led the narrative. But you have so many other channels where yeah. pro Star Wars Braggs, Mauer, completely like changed. Huge movie critic YouTubers that hated that movie and people and have like actual literal millions of fans that actually go around and troll and, and torture people about it. Which I, I'm glad yep. that like as bad as you guys are, you guys don't do that shit too often. So thanks for that. Well, I don't really care to waste my time on that. And I think at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to give an opinion to a trilogy where the trilogy is not finished. You know, that's kind of retarded. I mean, that's kind of like next level New York guy type of stupid. You know, you just don't do that. You wait to see the trilogy unfold, and then you give your two cents on because at the end of the day, it's a trilogy. Well, it's not. It's technically not just the end of a trilogy. This is actually an end of a saga. Right. So this movie has a lot to live up to. It has to be the pretty little bow at the end, for real. Right. Which it's is gonna little... the end of the saga, though. It's going to be the end of this trilogy because everybody knows they're going to make three more after this, and maybe three more after that, and right. maybe do three books, three more prequels that happen before Anakin about Anakin's dad or something. Who knows? <laughs> you really, <laughs> you really think so? <laughs> No, I, I, I think this is going to carry the, uh, the, the answer to who Anakin's dad was, which again is the child of the force. I think that's going to be the end, the end answer. And it was to be created by Palpatine, that's going to be, you know, the other answer. But I don't think they're going to go with, oh, he actually had somebody who fucked me and now Anakin is born. You know, and I must, I don't think that's going to be the, the is end. Disney ain't going to let Star Wars end at episode nine, bro. It's going to, they're going to find a way to fucking make more sagas with, with the Skywalkers because this right. Game of Thrones thing and this Ryan Johnson thing is going to be off on its own. People will go see that, but it's going to be like Rogue One was. People will be like, oh, that's, that's neat and all, but I, I'll tell you right, right now. I'll tell you right now. If Ryan Johnson gets his trilogy out there, it's dead on arrival. Mm. Depends if he can redeem. Oh, no, you know, you know when it's going to be announced that he's that that it's that his uh, trilogy's not happening. 
when Kathleen Kennedy is done as head of yeah. uh, Lucasfilm, because her tenure is about is about to end, isn't it? Isn't she got? Well, like, she was renewed until the. She was end renewed until uh, twenty twenty. But there's not going to be and there's not going to be another movie after episode uh, nine. So you're gonna. Well, so there no, no, won't the be game, another movie, another the Game like, of Thrones trilogy. You know, those another, guys yeah, until after she's gone. So that's yeah. when when it'll be announced. I mean, they're getting the, they, they've got their trilogy greenlit. That's happening. We know that. So there's going to be more movies. Now, that's supposedly set a thousand years before the Battle of PBY, which is the Battle of Yavin, um, from episode four. That's the Old Republic, is. isn't it? Gonna be? Right. That's going to be geared towards yeah. that. It's a thousand years before when the Old Republic was the Knights of the Old Republic, which, again, this is something the fans have been wanting to see forever. So it's complete fan service. Whatever you thought about the, fa- the Force Awakens, they did a fan service there, they do a fan service with this trilogy. If that's a big hit, okay, and they want to release one every two years, um, how far off is that going to send off Ryan Johnson? Another, what, six, eight years? There's oh, no, no way. They'll, they'll get it to where like, they're going to be wanting to make more than one every two years. Look at look at what they're doing with Marvel. Like we're going like, to no. I, th- I think I think you're wrong on that. I think they're going to wait two years in between Star Wars movies, unlike Marvel, because I think that was one of the main things that even Bob Iger noticed. It was like every year Star Wars. Yeah, well, at some point they're going to be a, there's going to be a little bit of a blowback, and you're going to have Star Wars fatigue, where it's just too much. Now, if you give us one every two years or every three years, you have the fandom, you know, you give them a little bit of chance to kind of recoup, breathe, take it all in. You could actually market the toys from the last movie a little bit more, and and have people buy that. You could also yeah. give the TV shows you know, a year yeah, or two between to develop. Right. So I think. I think that you're going to see that the trilogies happen more along the lines of what Lucas is doing, where you have one every three years come out in that trilogy. So if that's the case. You have the the uh, the, the trilogy by the Game of Thrones guys. If that's the case, you're looking at three, six, maybe nine years before you can get to Ryan Johnson's trilogy. If that's the case, Ryan Johnson's well, by, not going to get a trilogy. And that's done. They're going to want to start doing episodes. 10, 11, and 12. Correct. You. Yeah, so at that point, I don't think Rand Johnson is going to get a trilogy. They'll announce it from here to then. And I think they're going to give him a soft way out where they don't just say, you're fired. He's going to be like, no, he can't do it because scheduling or some, you know, stupid. Yeah. Right, know. he's going to get, though, he'll get involved in other projects or he'll yeah, get right. told, he'll told he can do other projects and then he'll leave. They'll probably right. let him direct, like, um, the next Indiana Jones or, and like, it, no, um, no, not even. Will he'll, he'll, he'll never work on another Lucasfilm project. I guarantee oh, you that much. They'll get him a job at DC directing the new to Superman the, movie. He, he's, he's not even that. I think he's too diverse, and he said in interviews, you know, prior to even doing directing in The Last Jedi, that he likes to make movies where it splits the fan base and makes people mad and makes yeah. people happy. Yeah, so he was... So he intentionally he made the Last Jedi like this, so they yeah. could have have he can be hated by half the fan base. Right. So he got his wish. So <laughs> there's no way I think any major studios are going to trust him with another major, you know, comic book or Star Wars related property. What you're going to see him do is his own movies, his own his own adaptations. Maybe he'll do scripts for other studios, but I guarantee it won't be Star Wars or, or Warner Brothers or yeah, that, DC and Marvel. And that trilogy is None not happening. I, I'd be willing None to put that. money on that shit. That's he'll, not happening. He'll be gone. He'll be gone like. Like, I don't know, he'll be gone like like uh, like Affleck, who's gone from Batman. 
nice and slow. Just let them, you know, gradually just slip away and then leave. Let him go to rehab for being a drunk and fire him while he's there. That's makes sense. Know. I mean, after like the blowback he's gotten <laughs> from the last Jedi, booze is the thing you turn to. <laughs> or, oh, or, 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 hey, what I always say, blowing hookers. Brian Johnson, go for it. That's all you got left, bro. Blowing hookers. Cause you will never be back behind the, the directing chair of a Star Wars movie. I don't care what they say right now. I don't care what Kathleen Kennedy says. I don't care yeah, what she'll be gone. Says. She'll, that's the whole point. She'll be yeah. gone when it's all said and done. It's not like she's going to have, she has an indefinite tenure. I don't care how good, uh, this last Star Wars movie does with J.J. Abrams. She's, she is gone for real. 2020, mm-hmm. she's out. They're not going to bring her back. Last Jedi and uh, Solo sealed her fate. Well, yeah. especially Solo. Like Last Jedi, at least it made money, and it was it, it was liked by the critics that matter. It has a high Rotten Tomato score and all that shit. Yeah. But Solo, that mm-hmm. thing, that that tanked harder than goddamn Titanic, man. The real Titanic, not the movie. Like it, that thing sunk. Yeah, because the movie made way too much money. Titanic the movie. Yeah, no, no. I was talking yeah. about the actual boat, the one that's. No, no, no. I, I, I get it. Okay. I get, I get. No, yeah. I'm saying I get, I get what you mean. I'm just saying because the movie itself made. But well, I thought you were saying that Solo made money. money. I'm like, what? Did it blow up on video or something? Because like last no. time I heard, I think made like a quarter of its budget, right? Barely. Yeah, no, that movie would. In fact, I don't think it's ever going to break even. That's how bad it did. You know. It's... And nobody, nobody buys. It. I go to my Walmart and there's all the Solo toys. I mean, I've jo- <laughs> I've so joked. I joked about it, but I think the only usable way to actually use that movie is like maybe as a coaster for the DVD Blu-ray for your cup. For I know re- people who downright love it, though. It's like, I'm so happy. Use it as a frisbee to, like, get, you know, cl- clip a little paper with information, throw it across the room to your roommate. Here, uh, read that paper. It's clipped onto the solo DVD. And just toss it when you're too lazy to get up from your chair and just the DVD. That's something we really used to. Like, I would never want to watch that solo movie again, or the Last Jedi, if I if if I was given the the chance. Hey, uh, we're gonna shoot you in the head. We gotta watch the solo movie. I'd be like, hey, bro, have a good life. Make sure you don't fuck up the face too much for the funeral. You know, like just just call me now. Yeah, neither of them are as bad as like Electra or the Spawn movie. Like those, I, I, like those movies are like the ones you can't ever talk me to ever watch again, man. Like, yeah, but see, unlike those, this literally, this this literally like it ruins a character for future generations. Yo, dog, I'm like the world's biggest Daredevil fan. You don't know what Electra did to me when that piece of shit came out. It was it, yeah, and, but and, Le- Electra you can reboot. Yeah, yeah, but Electra you can reboot, and it, it doesn't belong in the canon. This is set right before New Hope, and it's part of the canon, and unfortunately it's still out there. And now for any future generation who wants to see Star Wars, uh, they stumble across the Solo movie. They're going to be like, really? This it's, probably is gonna end up get, it's probably going to end up getting locked in the vault with Song of the South, man. Disney's going to be like, okay, after this initial run, in the fucking vault, right next to Song of the South. No one's ever seen this shit again. <laughs> God, <I laughs> That's what they so. should do if they were smart. That's what they would do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about a movie that deserves to never be seen again. It's exactly that. I mean, get rid of it, get it out of here, so we can forget that it exists because there's no point. I mean, at all, um, guys. We only have a a few minutes left. I do want to uh, segue a little bit here to 
the top ten uh, box office results for the weekend before we go. Uh, but again, coming off of the celebration panel, I thought the uh, the narrative was great. The way they hyped up the machine again for this movie, uh, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, we're gonna get we're gonna get to talk a bunch about the Mandalore TV show, but the that panel, the Mandalorian TV show looked great. The Mandalore looks awesome. I like the actor who's playing him. The panel was fantastic. I can't wait for that TV series Bob to debut. Rogue doing it, so like, yeah, it's it's gonna be good. And but the Rogue One show is what really got me psyched with um with yes. K two and the little the little French guy. Yes, Diego Luna is uh, a good actor, and I'm happy he's still involved in Star Wars. And and this is a prequel to Rogue One, so people ask him, "Well, didn't he die at the end?" Well, yeah, this is going to be set a few years before Rogue One. Yeah, well, it's kind of like Solo. You remember, like how you watched the movie about how this motherfucker died, and then you went and saw yeah. this movie. Well, this is like that. You watch him die, and then you can watch his TV show. Right. I mean, it's, it's perfectly better. It's, better. it's perfectly canon with Star really, Wars. It's really great. You just learn. You learn the fates of people. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, though. It perfectly goes with Star Wars because at the end of the day, we had the originals, then we had the prequels. Now you have his original story, which ends at Rogue One, but now let's have a prequel to his life story. So it goes perfectly with what we've always gotten from Star Wars, which is the end, and then we go back to see the beginning of that character. So I have no issues with that. And they got Diego Luna back, uh, Alan Turdick is back. Uh, at some point, like you said, we might see them cross over to Rebels. We might see Vader in there somewhere. We might see the Emperor show up. Who knows? It's live action. It's on Disney+. We Plus. might see Krennic again. Unless you're Krennic. The point is, the budget's going to be big. It's on Disney, who has an unlimited amount of money. You know, hey, it's going to look good. Does everyone see Cushing again, too? Maybe. You never know. Yeah. We're all pushing for Cushing. Right? Pop <laughs> up. So why not? But let's uh, move on and segue real quick to the top ten. Stay tuned. And I know it, we've had a lot of fun with Solo this week. We've had a lot of fun with Star Wars in general. We poked some fun of uh, you know the Solo movie, and uh, we talked about that. But now let's concentrate on what you know happened this weekend at the box office, because we had a number one movie which I think some people thought was going to slip, but by magical you know abilities that it has. It didn't slip, and it was number one again. But let's start at number ten. The best of enemies came in with uh, two million. I have not seen that movie. It's uh, what on its uh, second week of yeah, second week of release. Have you guys seen the best of enemies? It's, uh, it was six last week. No, no. no. Okay. It sounds like it's an indie film, so it's probably doing pretty well for its money. But like, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it costs ten million. It's probably about eight million domestically. It's got uh, Wes Bentley, Sam Rockwell, and Haitian. So it's got a good cast. Yeah, that's a good cast. Yeah, wow. that's, that's a good cast. So I, I'm I'm going to check that out and, and check you know the best of enemies. Um, I haven't heard much from it, so it's hey, it's top ten. So it's number yeah, I'll ten. Yeah, watch it at the library probably. Yeah, I'll go there and see it for free. Number nine, uh, new this week, uh, uh, Missing Link, running five million. Um, missing link at anybody? No. no. I have no idea. Never I just heard. thought of Brendan Fraser as Encino Man when you said Link. I was like, No, this is, uh, the guy with the fucking name, uh, Zach Galifianakis. He's in this. Oh, so it's a. <laughs> it's not what you think, though. It's a cartoon, voiceover type of thing. Uh, Tim, Hugh Jackman, Joey Saldana. Emma Thompson, so I mean, uh, Timothy Oliphant. That's a heck of a good voice cast, yeah. So, Missing Link, 
Five Million, it's just debuted. It's a Chris Butler-directed, uh, written movie. It's independent. The budget's small, but it, it is cartoonish. Uh, with a cast like that, a voiceover work. I'm, I'm eager to see what this is all about. So, if you haven't seen it, or you have, let us know in the comment section what you thought of it. There's going to be a comment section here on the, uh, the Roundtable website. So, let us know what you thought of it. Uh, let's see. Number eight. This week is After, which is also a, uh, a debut. This week debuted at number eight. New this week with, uh, 6.2 million. And, uh, that's by a new company called Ave, um, Aviron? Aviron? I guess the company that made it. I have no idea what After is about. It's, uh, indie actors directed by Jenny Cage. Gage. So, don't know who she is. Um, don't know the actress, Chauphine Lanf- Langford. And, and Hedel finds Tiffin. That's an English. Uh, it sounds it sounds like a UK movie, man. With those names, that does sound yeah. like sound like Scottish people or Welsh people, kind of. It's it, I think from the poster, it looks like a throwback to like you know those '80s like uh, you know Skinamax, like you know softcore porn type of movies. Trash movies, yeah, I love right. them. Right. So I'll check it out, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's um, future masturbatorial material for some, I guess. Uh, but it kind of has like a harken to that from the poster from what I saw. I haven't seen it, don't know much about it, but uh, for those of you who like to get those kind of movies, that might be for you. Uh, the, movies, uh, the movie Us came in at number seven this week. It was down from number four last week with really 6.9 million. million. I have, uh, a lot of love for this movie. I did like uh, Get Out a little bit more. Uh, what about the Twilight Zone? I haven't seen that yet, but I'm eager oh, to oh see my that. God, dude, yeah, I heard, I heard good things. Awesome. But look, Jordan Peele, my goodness, what he's been able to do as a comedian, turn you know, director of horror and, and thrillers, and now the Twilight Zone. I mean, this guy's reinvented himself like Lupita nobody. Lupita was epic in that film, though. She was really good. I was, I always like Lupita Nyong'o, though, but oh, she was superb awesome. in this film. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome in everything she's been in. Uh, love, we have a lot of love for Lupita Nyong'o here. Uh, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moth, uh, are actors in that movie. I don't have to say much. $20 million budget, $163 million domestically so far. It's a huge hit. 235 worldwide, uh, on a $20 million budget, guys. This movie, again, Jordan Peele, it's proven that you can cross that out from comedian to horror to the genres. Well, his movies it. have such Good comedy though. Us had some genuinely laugh out loud money uh, moments, especially right. when it got tense, which is what I really liked about both that and Get Out because he didn't abandon it. He just kind of just like slides it in when you need it the most in right. horror films, which is really cool. I really appreciate that about what he's doing. But at the same time, like he is really writing towards the genre. Like at the end of the day, he's doing something that is. Yeah. A horror movie. Like he's doing yeah. yeah. something that's a horror related. He's not like sitting there and writing like a campy horror, like Evil Dead remake type of thing. No, he's doing something that's, at the end of the day, yeah, you're gonna have jokes yeah, early no, on. But when it gets serious and creepy, it gets serious and fucked up and creepy. And, and I, and I love that about the way he works. Um, he's, you know, an inspiration as a filmmaker because he's doing stuff that most comedians are not dare to do. And he's showing you that, hey, comedians have a dark side, and this is their dark side, and he's showing you what it is um, that goes through the minds of some of these comedians, because they're not just guys who tell jokes. Uh, a comedian's life is uh, not the, uh, the the old, you know, 
comedy 24-7 that we think it is, a lot of them go through some crazy dark times then. You know, they have crazy imagery in their heads. And to be a comedian, first of all, you have to be a master of many elements. Instead of just going up there and telling jokes and being funny, there is a lot you pull out of your own life, which, you know, a lot of it could be good or bad. And Jordan Peele is showing you that comedians can do other things. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to the man. He's done a great job with uh, what he's done. And, again, us is... Uh, in the top ten, still making buco buco cash, and uh, it's uh, number seven this week. Number four, how many has tried number six this week, which is number five last week? Captain Marvel dropping kind of quick, thirty percent drop this week. Um, it brought in eight point six million. It's uh, in its six six week of release though, so it's been out for a, almost a made minute. one and a half billion though, so it's it, it's, it's about maybe time. dropping off, but it's about time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, brought in three hundred and eighty six billion domestically, six hundred seventy eight billion foreign market, or as our good buddy Alex Harrow would say, the out of here numbers, and uh, those out of here numbers are, are adding up to over a billion dollars. So say what you want about Bree. And about all the, the stuff she said, geeks and gamers, and say everything negative you want to say on the internet about her and, oh, you know, the, the whole SJW and, you know, the, uh, you know, political aspects of what she was saying about men. It worked enough for over a billion dollars. You know, Marvel yep. has proven that they're a safe, you know, a netty for these kind of things because at the end of the day, this is tied into end games. And that's as critically proved uh, uh, critical proof that you're going to get when it comes to movies. Endgame is going to make a billion or two easy without well, any hesitation because it's the end Captain of... Captain Marvel was a great movie. I, I, it was. I, thought it was pretty, I liked it. I thought it was just going to be mediocre, but it's it's one of the better solo um, yeah. um, origin solo films that they've done. Like I was really blown away by that. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought it was great for what it was. It set up the narrative for, like, you know, the you know it, the only thing I had that I, that I kind of nitpicked on from that movie, and it was very minor, but at the end of the day, I was kind of, well, it was kind of silly. It was the way Nick Fury loses the eye of the cat. Well, that was funny, though. It was funny in a concept of the way the movie and, and the way it happened, it worked. But I, I rather had seen them do something a little bit more serious, like in battle type, like one of the comics, the way he loses it in, in the comics. But you know, it worked for the movie. It's a, I was a little just bit happy of a to change. See Greg Clark as coleslaw in a movie and not on that crappy TV show for once. I was just like, thank you, bring that yes. motherfucker back, man. I he, miss him. His show yeah. sucks. Let's put him back in the films, please. But again, uh, I liked it. I thought it was a good, uh, a very good Captain Marvel movie. I think they did a good job with that property. I'm excited to see what she does now going forward into the next phase of the Marvel Universe. And, you know, her, her and a couple of the other characters like Ant-Man and some of the characters that survived, uh, Infinity Wars, uh, are gonna be moving forward, uh, to probably be the living survivors of the Avengers. So let's see what happens after Endgame. You know, we still have to see what the eventual storyline picks up. And we haven't seen Endgame, so we don't know what, you know, who dies and who doesn't, even though we've got theories, the posters and the trailers, and, you know, everybody has their own theory of who lives and dies. But until we see the movie, we, 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 we have no idea. We don't know anything. Yeah, but I know he shows yeah. up and saves them all. He, he flies in, does Kung Fu, and he kills Thanos. Either that, or I'm going with the Thanos theory, where Ant-Man jumps up Thanos' ass and becomes Giant Man and rips him in half. That, See, that anything Keanu Reeves does, I'm 100% for, so I'm cool. We're good with that. Yeah, have it. 
have Keanu show up and beat up Thanos, man. Like, he could do it. He's the only guy. Keanu Reeves is the man right now. Like, John Wick, come on. That's the John Rambo of this generation. John Wick 3 looks so good, yeah. man. John that is literally like the Rambo of this generation because it's it's like rearranged the reaction movies like are done right now. You know, like he came out with John Wick and then like nobody thought was, that was going to be anything. Then you saw John Wick and you're like, oh shit, that was so good. Oh my I god. I was hyped for the trailer. And then, yeah, but most people didn't, like, react to it. If you notice, the part two was bigger at the box office. It, it had more of the hype machine behind it. The first one kind of came out, everybody's like, is this going to be any good? Because uh, the last couple of Matrix movies sucked. And, well, yeah. we, well, we, we love Keanu, but, you know, the, his last action movies haven't really made money. And then we all saw John Wick, and we are like, oh, my God, he's back, and this is awesome, and that John Wick is the shit. And then we're, and, and I was one of them. I was worried where, you know, the, the second Matrix was garbage compared to the first one. Will John Wick live up to the first one? Will the second one live up to it? And it was just as good and slightly better in some parts. And just as, you know, as bad in some parts. But overall, it was just as good as the first one. It's not slightly better. I love both movies. And Keanu is, uh, you know, I, he's been one of my favorite actors for a long time. So I'm happy that he's having success again and doing, you know, to anything he's involved with, I'm with 100%. So if he comes in and, and we hear, whoa, my kung fu is saving the universe. I'm going to be standing up and giving him a round of applause. So I'm just saying... Marvel, if you do that, you're going to have me standing in theaters applauding this. I'm going to lead the charge. Just make, just make Keanu a damn superhero already. He should be Come in on. the Marvel the MCU saying, already. Anything. Just put him anywhere. He, he belongs as a superhero because the man is the shit. Let's just be honest. He's an awesome dude. Now, number five, Dumbo, which is... Awful. Yeah. Look, guys, I, I mean, we, we all kind of saw this coming. Dumbo's flopping hard. I mean, it's it's flop party in the U.S. I think it'll eventually recoup its budget worldwide because the foreign market has been decent to it. But Tim Burton, uh, you know, you and Kruger, who wrote this, let's just say, you know, Dumbo was something that nobody really cared about much anymore. Nobody, nobody should have wanted another a Dumbo yeah. remake. There was no need for that. I mean, yeah. the, the Lion King Jungle Book, yes, those properties people are still in I don't know, with. I think the trailer for the Lion King looks whack, dude. Like, what, what, how is that better than the cartoon was? It looks worse. I, I, I don't know, I'm not really hyped for the Lion King either. As much as I love well, Jungle Book, I wasn't sitting there when they did it and being like, oh man, I want to see Dumbo next. They better do the damn Lion <laughs> King and Aladdin. It's like, no, man, like, Aladdin, not I'm not be special anymore. I'm not sold on Aladdin because I never really was a fan of the cartoon Aladdin to begin with. Even the Robin Williams was brilliant as the uh, genie. But I'll tell you this much: uh, the the the, uh, the one that I was really hyped about was Jungle Book because I am a huge fan of the Jungle Book uh, cartoon. So when I saw that in live action, I was super hype, uh, hyped for it. And John Favreau, yeah, Favreau nailed it. It was a brilliant movie uh, for him to do, and this is why I think eventually he'll inherit Lucasfilms as the president of Lucasfilms. And you notice how they kissed his ass in the uh, panel. I mean, for the Mandalorian, his ass was being kissed by everybody. As and he all he did was create the Mandalorian and direct a pilot, but he's letting other people direct other the other episodes. Well, because but, he's smart enough to realize that half the fucking nerds on the internet have been saying, "Give us a Boba Fett movie for like right. ten years," and then he's just like, "Well, I can't do Boba Fett, but it is almost Boba Fett." And it was like, 
yeah, we love you, Iron Man guy. Thank you, Favreau. That like, and supposedly just, he's had this story in his head for years. This Mandalorian concept because of a conversation he had um, with um, Filoni. Yeah, yeah, when he was first starting off the Clone Wars cartoons, they they talked about this, and he told them his favorite character is Boba Fett, and how he loved to do something in the uh, the Mandalorian universe, and the concept kind of like got started years ago when Lucasfilm was owned by Lucas, and it kind of carried over, carried over, carried over. Now he's gotten to do it. Um, I couldn't you know see anybody better to be involved with Lucasfilms than John Favreau. And, uh, you know, it, it makes me happy to see happy one day maybe inherit Lucasfilms and be happy behind the presidential chair and, uh, you know, be the guy who says we'll get to go, you know, to the theaters, we'll get to go to TV or the live streaming. If he becomes, like, the head of Lucasfilms, like, we have a head for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, which works brilliant there, uh, I think, you know, Lucasfilms will be set for the next 20 years because with somebody they really, who knows what's they going on. They owe him, too, because they screwed him over with Avengers. He should have directed the first Avengers movie, not Joss Whedon. Yeah. Honestly, they yeah. really fucked him over with that. I agree with that, especially coming off of Iron Man and what he did with that movie. I mean, dude. He took See, a, everybody, um, everybody thought he was going to do it. Like I, I, And when they were like, Joss Whedon's going to do it, I'm like, the Buffy guy? Why? Okay. Yeah, but it it worked. I mean, the first adventure was was de- was decent, but it could have been. It was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to hate me all over it, but I think Favreau. I agree. Should have been the director for that. He made Iron Man into a great movie. And he made the Marvel Universe. If he Iron Man he literally work, if he, he birthed it. Yeah, it was because of his movie that we have everything else done to come after that. Because if that movie fails, we don't get anything else in that universe. That's it. You know, that would have been the nail in the coffin for them going forward. But because that movie worked, we got more movies in that, in that cinematic universe. So thank John Favreau. Um, 20, right? 20 movies in that, in this Yeah, universe. somewhere on Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but moving on from Dumbo, which is a huge failure. We have number four this week, which is debuted at number two, uh, last week, I believe. Um, Pet Cemetery, about in 10 million this weekend. And this is, of course, the, the remake to the original Pet Cemetery. Uh, and, uh, it stars Jason Clark, Amy, uh, Simates, uh, Simates? Simates? I don't know how you pronounce her name. And John Lithgow, which is, I mean, I'm a big John Lithgow fan, yeah. so yeah. He's, he's awesome. Um, you guys don't know who John Lithgow is. Harry and the Hendersons, remember that? I know John Lithgow is. Yeah. No, I know. I know you know. I know you know. I'm talking about the audience. If he was they the don't know, Footloose, the Correct. greatest movie ever made. Yes, with Kevin Bacon. Um, John Lithgow is awesome. Third Rock from the Sun. I mean, anything he's been in, I've been a huge fan of. Ricochet. So, yeah, anything Ricochet. I mean, the guy's just—he's a great actor. I'm happy he's getting work in something like this. The movie cost 21 million. It's brought in 41 million domestically, or 76 worldwide. So it's turned a profit. It's not a huge movie. It's a small budget indie movie, kind of uh, reboot of the original Pet Cemetery, which made about 50 million itself. It didn't make a whole lot of money to begin with. So this is kind of like the same neighborhood uh, with a little uh, bigger budget. 
And uh, it's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's a good uh, little oh, horror really? movie. You're like yeah. the first person I've heard say a positive thing about it. Like, it's because, getting hammered by all my horror friends. Because most people don't understand. I don't think they, they were a fan of the original. You have to kind of like be a fan of the original Pet Cemetery in the book to really be. I even like the, the Pet Cemetery 2 with Edward Furlong. The, the sequel that came out, I even like that one. I went and saw that in theaters. So I'm, I've been a, a, semi, a Pet Cemetery fan for a long time. And after watching this one, I thought it was faithful enough to the book and good enough to the previous movies where it didn't really step on every toe out there. It kind of did its own thing, being faithful to the original Who concept. Who played the creepy old guy the down by the old barn? Was that John Lithgow? Did he play that character? That's who he you plays. Go down him. that path down by yeah. the old barn. There's a pet cemetery down there. He <laughs> comes back to laugh. <laughs> I mean, watch it for yourself. You know, you'll be the judge. Because remember, at the end of the day, like uh, Campia says, and a lot of people say, oh, geez, these say movies. Anything. No, but this is one thing I do agree with: the movies are subject to interpretation, and they're all subjective. You know, whatever. You go in and you come out with it's your opinion, and you're like, I liked it. Somebody else might not like it. So, form your own opinion. I would recommend that. I thought it was a good movie, not a great movie, not a, a, a tremendously you know gory movie at all. It's not like a, a straight in your face horror classic or anything. Well, Sting but it's shit, a fun no, movie. Sting shit's never that gory, so I wouldn't expect that really. Right. So I mean, it's not gory or anything, but it's a good adaptation. Not great, but good. So we'll leave it at that. And should have got a sequel? No. Leave it alone. That's it. No more pet cemeteries for a long time unless you're going to reboot it again in 20, 30 years. But don't do a sequel. Just let it stand alone. And let it do its thing. Now moving on to number three, which is new this week, and it fl- it's flopping hard. Uh, harder than the Fantastic Four, the remake or reboot of the reboot or the whatever. The, the, uh, the Trank movie that came out. Um, Hellboy came out this weekend. And uh, twelve million on a uh, pretty decent budget. I mean, they don't have a huge budget, but fifty million to bring in twelve million is pretty bad, guys. And so far, that's domestic. Foreign numbers not in, but domestically, it's it's a terrible flop. For well, the it's, it's not going to get China because it's got ghosts and goblins yeah. and all kinds of shit in it. So, um, man, I, I I personally really enjoyed it. It's is it as good as the Del Toro movies? No, and I don't think. It was trying to be. It's, it's its own thing, and if you like, if you actually really like Mike Mignola's work in the comics, you should be able to go into this film and have a ball. It's a little too gory for probably most people to go and see shit like The Conjuring and think that's scary. But um, all in all, I, I thought that David Arbor did a good performance. Ian McShane was great as Dad. Um, you get to see Lobster Johnson in live action finally, which was epic. Um, Whatever, as a Mignola fan, I just I loved it. I thought it was wonderful the, little movie. The, the cast is good. Ian McShane, um, Thomas Hayden Church, Mila Jovovich, who I love, is in this. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. the cast is fine. I have no issues with the cast. I want to see the movie, but it is flopping very hard. And it's a sensitive subject for me, as you guys know. I'm a, I'm a fan and a friend of Doug Jones, who played Ape Sapien in uh, Del Toro's movies. And I hated the fact that they didn't get a chance to tell the, the third story in that trilogy. And uh, they kind of got, you know, fucked out of doing a third movie. And uh, that's always going to be something that I, I look back and I'm like, man, I really would have liked to have seen what Del Toro would have done for his third movie. Because I'm going to be honest, Golden Army, I loved. That's yeah, um, my favorite comic book movie of all time. I, I love that movie. Like, I saw it in theaters like at least like five or six times. Have the uh, the ultimate cut on, the, on Blu-ray. 
I mean, it's a, I thought it was a fantastic It's a beautiful adaptation. movie. Yeah, it is. Visually. One of the greatest villains ever. You actually, I actually felt bad for the villain. I didn't want Hellboy to beat him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I liked Luke Goss's character. I thought he was incredible. I wish Hellboy would have teamed up with them and killed all the humans with them, but Hellboy well, don't do that shit. Well, yeah, he don't do that. But look, look, visually the movie was fantastic. It had great plenty of special effects with the CGI or practical. Uh, Del Toro's a master of that. So, I mean, Del Toro is one of the directors that I eventually, I eventually want to see him tackle a Star Wars movie because he gets what, you know, practical effects and CGI blended will come out as, and he knows how to perfect that mix. And he, he did with the Hellboy movies, and I would love to see him be on the Star Wars, you know, camera and doing something in the, in the Star Wars universe. So, a uh, Lucasfilms. Make that happen for me at least. Uh, as far as this Hellboy movie, twelve million, if it has legs. Maybe it'll break even. We, you know, we well, can't there's, really there's tell. a there's a pretty good fan buzz going. Um, it's got over fifty percent um, fan rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, a lot of people are telling friends to go see it because the, the hate dog pile on Rotten Tomatoes is bullshit. The, the movie is not unwatchable. So no. anybody that tries to tell you that's an idiot, it's it, it, it it's not Hellboy three. That's sad, but if you I like the comics, because Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy was Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy. Neil Marshall actually really tried to make Mike Mignola's Hellboy, which I kind of appreciate because I love Mike Mignola's comic books. If you're like me, you'll probably enjoy the hell out of this. Even Just don't go into it wanting to hate it, and you should have a blast with the film. It, it's just good, gory, stupid fun. And uh, with that said, let's move on to the uh, next movie on the list here, a little movie uh, directed by Tina Gordon Chisholm. She also wrote it. Don't know who she is. The movie's called Little. Came in at number two this week with 15.4 million. That's why I, I said Little film. Cause da, da, movies, da. Yeah. Yeah, movie's name nice is Little. Nice there, brother. Um, that's, that's my kind of humor, guys. Sorry. Uh, actress and nurse is Regina Hall, is a Ray, and, um, Marseille Martin. Hmm. Don't yeah. know anybody. Nope. At a $20 million budget, it's budgeted $15 million, uh, domestically, $1.9 million on uh, the out-of-here numbers or the foreign numbers. So $17 million in total. Uh, it has to break even at least that 40 for them to break even. I don't know if it's going to get there. It opened up kind of weak, but it's an independent movie, so you never know. It's a $20 um, million dollar movie, so yeah, it'll, it'll probably yeah. make that. It'll, it'll crawl there eventually, yeah, and at least it should do well enough on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm sure it'll find its market, and it'll do what it does. And it's opening up worldwide, so I mean, it's getting that kind of exposure. Uh, but number one again this week, guys, and I uh, didn't slip, second week in a row, a movie originally uh, named uh, Captain Marvel himself, Shazam! So you have two Captain Marvels kind of in the top ten. And what's what's awesome is Jaimin Hansu is in both of them, man. That, yeah. that that is really cool that one actor could say that I was in both Captain Marvel movies. That is, I think it's cool. that, I like that's, pretty, that's pretty damn cool. And he's been in a lot of good stuff, Serenity and King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. I mean, he's done pretty good work in The Legend of Tarzan. I like that movie. He was but, in Aquaman and Guardians of the Galaxy, too. He's been like yeah, all over DC and the Marvel Universe. Yeah, he, he's one of those actors who's just, you, you don't know who he is, but he's been in so many movies you love, and you're like, wow, really? Like, I've been a fan since Gladiator. I always, because he's got that voice, man. You yeah. can't mistake him for nobody else. He, but he's one of those guys, when you see the face, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 I know who that is. But when you hear the name, you're like, who? 
Yeah, Jaymon? Who the hell is Jaymon? But then when you I see first saw, I thought his name was face. Digimon. Yeah, yeah, so did I. I was like, really? Digimon? That's awesome. And then Digimon I, like the cartoon? <laughs> then I found out that's not how you pronounce it, you idiot. And I'm like, oh, well, my bad. But he's a great actor, African-American gentleman, a brilliant actor. He's been all over the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Warner Brothers, everything. And, uh, you know, he does a great job here in this movie. Uh, everybody in this Shazam movie I thought was good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I personally, to me, and, and I, know, I know that I'm going to probably catch a little heat for this, uh, from, um, one Mr. Zod writer here, but to me, this has been my favorite Warner Brothers movie of them all. Yeah, this is... Outside this of the Nolan trilogy. Outside of the Nolan. This is the best, um, DC movie. Uh, probably for me, aside from Watchmen. Yeah, well, I really like the Watchmen. Movie. Watchmen was decent. I'll give Zack Snyder that much. I enjoyed Watchmen for what it was, but I love this movie Shazam. It doesn't take itself serious. It's yeah. like the comics in that sense. Yes, they changed a lot of the storyline to fit a more modern age to give it a little bit of a twist. Um, I love the ending. I'm not even into spoilers, but the way that you know Shazam is now one more than it's not just one guy, and I'll leave it at that. But the way that whole concept comes out, I think it was really well done. Um, I love the directing by David Sandberg, who shocked me with the fact that he actually made the transition from uh, what he's normally known for to this. And again, it goes back to directors getting a chance to play in a different sandbox than what they're known for. I mean, it's a guy that, that lights on an animal creation. And now he's doing Shazam, complete 380, you know? Complete yeah. 380 well, here. I, and I got to agree with you, man. Like, it's probably got one of the most entertaining, badass third-act fight scenes ever. As soon ever. as, like, the, you get to the fairgrounds, the movie yeah. just, oh, my God, the whole thing is just amazing. And I, I don't I, I, w- I don't think I've been that entertained, like, at the of a whole third-act fight like that for... And here's the brilliant part. It takes place in a carnival. It's not like yeah. it's like underwater in an exotic location or in space somewhere in an exotic fight. It's in a freaking carnival and it's all like real like things that are there. You know, like talk about using like realistic environments and, and using practical effects. I mean, this movie is loaded with that. It's, it feels as real as you're going to have a superhero feel because let's be honest people are like well it's too funny but wouldn't a 14 year old 15 year old kid who's suddenly granted these superpowers act this way if he's suddenly an adult in a body of an adult well, that, that, that but it was a kid break somebody's neck at the end of the film that's what the you know that are mad about that or one I mean, that, look for all the shit I gave him when he was cast Zachary Levi was Perfect. Hilarious. He yeah. was hilarious when he had to be. The transition from Billy Batson to his Shazam character was done smooth and trend, you know, the well, transition the was. Arguments perfect. Between him, the arguments between him and that other little kid were hilarious. Freeman. Man, those, yeah. those two worked so good together. I mean, like, they, yep. every scene that those two were in together, man, like, oh, man, they should work together again because they, they're a good little comedy duo. Yeah. Well, you know what really got to me, though, it's not just the fact that he worked well with, you know, Freddie Freeman as his buddy in the movie, but was the fact that, you know, he was as good chemistry-wise with him as the kid who played Billy Barston. Like, the chemistry was spot on. For both, you yeah. know, the, the, both actors, it was the where like one of the the characters didn't really like clash well with Freddie Freeman with with his buddy. Like no, everybody was just like 
perfect. Like everybody was cast perfectly. There, the chemistry was good. They all fit in. Even the adults later on that came in and took the roles of the kids. Spoiler alert! I mean, everything just it worked. Even Mark Strong, which was in this, and uh, you know, Mark Strong kind of like you know goofed it up in uh, the the uh, Ryan Reynolds led. Um, you know, Green Lantern. He was movie. a good sin. Uh, he was a good. He was he just didn't do anything good, with him. He was good in a bad movie, and I thought he would never get cast again and as a bad guy. And you know oh, what? No, I, I thought Mark Strong ever plays as bad guys. Man. Yeah, we were <laughs> so, talking about it in like a Warner Brothers type of you know movie, but um, you know, he was casting this. That was my doubt, but he pulled it off. He was awesome in this. Not only that, um, not only was he awesome in this movie. It also had like a little bit of a Smallville feel because the father of uh, of Lex Luthor in Smallville oh, yeah. is his father in this movie, and he kind of reminds me of Evil Lex from Smallville when he, his mind is taken over by the by the Red Kryptonite or whatever the hell it was that in some of the episodes where he became evil but superpowered. That's kind of like the vibe that he had in this movie, and I thought it was sold brilliantly. Which, by the way, how do you get how did he dispose of his father? In this movie, read. Huh? Uh, no, in, in the movie, I didn't, well, yeah, but his father in the movie. Um, yeah, no, he let, he let the greed monster. Eat. Right, yeah. correct. But how? And, and what did he do? He, he threw people out windows and all kinds of shit, right? In that scene. Right. Now, remember the scene with Lex Luthor and Lionel Luthor when he gets thrown out the window? Shit, man! I, I I do that. I need to rewatch Smallville. I watched the whole thing like before Man of Steel came out. Remember, I have the yeah. seasons. I just need to get back into it. Now, if he were thrown his dad out the window, like that would have been too much of a connection. So I think they just they, they had people going out the window to give that Smallville nod, as you have the actor who played the father in Smallville playing the father of Mark Strong's character in this, which again is like kind of almost paying homage to the Lex from Smallville because he's, kind of, he's reminded me he reminded me a lot of that Lex and I, I, I thought that was brilliant I loved the villain in the movie, I thought that you know, again he was awesome and it opens up the door to future villains like Black Adam uh, which is going to get his own movie first where he's a good guy and they transition to being a bad guy. So, I mean, The Rock is involved in that, so that's going to be phenomenal when that comes out. So, I mean, I love the fact that they're setting up, you know, kind of like this alternate DC thing where, yeah, it's comedy-based, but this also had action. It had some serious tones to it. I love the concept of family. You know, the the whole point is that this kid is uh, adopted the, the, by the a foster big, family. The big it emotional works. moment for Billy in the second act, uh, that, that hits harder than anything I saw in yes. the, the Snyder films. I mean, like, the, sure, the movie was funny, but when you got that gut punch and that scene, yes. it, it, it was legit. It was like the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy when um, Star-Lord's mom dies of cancer. Yeah. It, you just got like, fuck you, dude, that sucks. You guys, you guys got me, god damn Speaking it. of which, by the way, you know, having lost my mother to cancer, I will say when the, the first Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I wept. I, like, I, that opening sequence made me cry because I was going through that emotion myself. And having seen that now, again, touched upon in Shazam, and the thing I've noticed about, you know, a lot of these movies is, uh, obviously the parentage of the, the characters, you know, plays a big role, but definitely it's heavy used in the DC properties. Uh, not so much in Marvel, you know, they used it obviously in Guardians of the Galaxy, but DC really, you know, harkens back to the mother aspect and the fact that, you know, Superman and Batman became friends and Beaver Superman is because their mom's name is Martha. 
right? That's uh, that's that was a big deal. I was kind of like I was happy that the mom theme was not Martha and Shazam. By the way, that would have been a little bit too much of uh, of crazy nod. Uh, so that was I was like, please don't make her be a Martha, but they didn't, which was good. Uh, but yeah, the, the fact that Billy Barton went and had that scene where there was a punch in the gut, um, it was a really emotional scene. The kid was brilliant in the way he played it. Um, I have very little issues with the movie at all, which is going in and seeing a lot for a movie with, for, for Warner Brothers and DC. Because as you know, even Aquaman, which I loved, I could pick apart some of the things in there that I didn't like. Wonder Woman, which I liked a lot. There's a lot of the things in there which I, I that was stupid. The bad uh, guy sucked. The bad guy yeah, sucked. That's, Wonder that's Woman. the problem yeah. with both Wonder Woman and Aquaman, sadly. So yeah, you can just throw that argument like at both. Well, of those, Black Mantis, that was Mantis, that was really a cool bad, no, 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 bad no, guy. Black, not Black Mantis, the actual real bad guy in Aquaman. Well, yeah, but but Black Mantis, that was was a good bad character, bad guy character. But no, yeah, the main bad guy in the ocean. You know, I'm not getting spoilers away too much, but uh, but you know, it it had elements which were really well done and elements which were bad. I can't nitpick most of this movie apart. I mean, I just I sat there and I was like just happy the whole entire time watching Shazam because it literally was a perfect blend of comedy, action, drama, emotional scenes where you know it didn't just jump from emotional like dark to total humor. There was a balance in between. You know, well, you no, no, from... I like that they made you like the foster parents, that they were cool. Right. Like, they got it, and they were actually, like, a really positive influence to the kid, even though he didn't want to accept him. He finally was just like, okay, you guys really are cool, and you really do like me, so yeah. I'm in. And I, 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 thought, I thought that, uh, yeah, it all worked. There was some CGI, especially in the mall scene, could have been cleaned up, looked a little better. That's 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 nit. Picking, so I don't really, but that that goes with pretty much any movie. Yeah. that's kind of CGI heavy. That and the fact that remember this had a smaller budget than most of the DC movies because the, people don't know much about Shazam. So I mean, this is a property that hasn't had a a serious adaptation on the film ever. And it's, it had a TV show in the series. It had a, that was going to say it had a short lived TV series, which was campy bad. and goofy and bad and some people i enjoyed it for what it was but yeah. it wasn't the best thing in the world it was like uh, the fantastic four movies from the 90s uh that one movie that came out that didn't come out which oh the roger corman one yeah yeah the, the, the one that, good fantastic four movie the one you guys love which i i thought was ridiculously bad but either way yeah i know you and, and Zod Ryder here love that movie uh, to no explanation. Well, actually, I like I like the two Chris Evans one. I think they're fun. I just think that the the um the Roger Corman one actually like nailed both Mole Man and um Doctor Doom. They were actually like right out of the comic books, especially for that time period. If you uh, say so. The the Human Torch though, yeah, when he Human Torch was that was some talk about awful that, that that's uh, the guy who was the boy who could fly, and uh, that he had no. Business being in a Fantastic Four movie, even in the nineties, that that dude, not a bad actor for his, you know, the movies he made in the eighties, but nah, he's, he wasn't trying to That Storm. movie was made for a million dollars. Like I, I think the boy who could fly was like a steal for him because like, this guy was yeah. just huge and a big made for TV ro- movie. Roger, let's get him. Let's get him. Yeah, let's get yeah, that yeah. boy who could fly. <laughs> and by the way, that was a fun movie. The boy who could fly. If you've never seen that movie, it's an old ass eighties film. Check yeah. it out. It's funny. If you're so if you're our age, you've seen it probably about a. Thousand times when you were oh a yeah kid. oh my but, goodness I grew up in that Friday, all, 
That in front of the navigator. Guns with piss after that because of the little kid on his big wheel and shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh man, I did that a couple times after that movie. <laughs> yeah. It taught us some bad things. It taught us some good yeah. lessons. Fred Savage Indian. was savage in that movie. With yeah, he was. <laughs> Fred Savage totally lived up to his namesake. Yep, he totally did. <laughs> it, there was no mold being moved around in his face like an Austin Powers. He was just a savage little bastard in that movie. Yeah. Uh, so again, Shazam number one this week is brought in 94 million domestically at a 100 million dollar budget. Worldwide, 221 million. That means it's already broken through that barrier. It's a productive, profitable movie. They've, uh, they've brought in when they spent on it a while back. So it's gonna be profitable from here on out, however much it makes. Doesn't matter. It's gonna be a lot of money and we're gonna see Shazam 2. Hopefully a three and four. It, it, and it's already it's good. greenlit. They're, they're, they don't they don't have a date or anything, but they, yeah. they definitely said that it's happening for Shizzle. They said that like last week. So I mean, this is kind of like DC's version of, of Deadpool in a way, but a little bit cleaner. Not as you know, not as dirty mouth. That's as the Deadpool. Iron Man. It's their, it's their Iron Man. They finally have an Iron Man. Like because Aquaman was their Thor, which is weird because Thor came after Iron Man in the Marvel universe, but. It makes sense. Yeah, but it, I, I say more Deadpool because of the comedy aspect. Because Deadpool and, and Shazam are, are like loaded with funny moments, and, and Iron Man wasn't as funny. You know, it had funny moments, but the it was. The first one wasn't three. Three was this. Three was really funny though. But yeah, the first yeah. one was more of an action film with with just normal one liners and shit. In right. It. Deadpool was meant to be a funny superhero movie. Shazam. It's a funny superhero movie with other layers in them, and that, and those two properties really nailed the character. They nailed the properties. By hats off to both directors. I loved Deadpool of one and two. I loved Shazam. I'm dying to see the sequel to it. It's the one DC movie that's finally come out where I'm like super hyped about the sequel. I, I was mediocrely hyped about you're this not, movie coming out. You're not excited about wait. Wonder Woman two? Vaguely. I like oh, the first man. one, but not enough to like to you know to make me go gaga over it. I actually am more excited about Aquaman two than I am Wonder Woman two. To be honest with you. Well, see, I, I, I I'm excited for all of them, but like I'm really excited for Wonder Woman two because that's this year. You know what I mean? Like, it's I I I, I kind of keep my eye on like what, what's attainable in the near future. Like I'll get to, I'll get excited for Aquaman when when it's coming out. Like Wonder Woman two is happening. So like Yeah. And then but I have to get past Avengers Endgame before to, to even really get super hyped for Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. But, no. but this has what? been a great couple months for fucking comic book movies, man, between Captain Marvel, Hellboy, yep. Shazam and then Endgame. Oh my God. It's only going to get better, and at the end of the year, we have the big one in December with Star Wars Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, and, and we're finally getting the last crappy Foxman movie. That franchise is finally dead. I don't yes. even understand why they're still releasing this last one, but whatever. I guess death rattles need to be heard. So, uh, guys, that's uh, the number one movie of the weekend, Shazam. Again, it's uh, creeping up to that $100 million domestically. And uh, my hat's off to uh, David Sandberg for creating a fun movie as far as I'm concerned. And, again, this is all subjective to my interpretation and to my uh, subjective, selective opinion. Uh, if you guys don't agree, that's fine and dandy. I know Zod Rider didn't like it. He's entitled to his opinion. 
I'll say you're entitled to loving it, like I'm entitled to loving it. We're all friends here, there's no need for any hatred, uh, or any fighting because we don't agree with, you know, uh, each other. Uh, whether, you know, you want to be negative on YouTube or on the internet or on a podcast, that's all up to you. Uh, you can go and fight it out. I'm not going to argue with you because, again, at the end of the day, these movies are subjective to your own personal opinion. And go see it. That's the best thing I can say. I recommend it. Never argument with commenters on YouTube. That, you, that uh, if you're going to get into it, like definitely never argue with commenters, Jekyll. That's all I can Spe- tell you. Especially you if they come from New York. A period. Period. Yeah. Yeah, like, like <laughs> if they if they get too rowdy, man, just ban hammer. I know it sounds crass, but it's the only way to deal with the motherfuckers, man. I swear to God. Guys, we've gone over uh, quite a bit here, and uh, this is the end of the show. We uh, we you know, crammed in the. Uh, Top 10 for the week. So Shazam number one again. Thank you all for being here with us. We're going to try to be back live for another couple hours next week here on the Roundtable Show. Uh, you guys have anything else to, to say, uh, Johnny Alpha? You got anything else to let the fans know? Anything you're going to do? Uh, any uh, particular podcast uh, you want to promote? Anything uh, you yeah. want to talk about before we leave the air in a few minutes? Yeah, I got, um, I'm doing a new podcast called The Comic Crew with my um, my buddy Preston, my good okay. buddy Whitey from the um, YouTube channel Ultimate Chance, my other buddy Jake West from the YouTube channel Comics Academy. He's cool. really cool. He give, does giveaways every Saturday. If you want cool signed indie books, go check out Comics Academy. Our co- our podcast is called Comics Crew. We usually air on Sundays at one um, one p.m. Western time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we do it Wednesdays sometimes because one of the guys has to work every other Sunday. But our third episode is going to be April 21st, Sunday at 1 p.m. East, um, Western time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, check us out. We'd really appreciate it. Um, we're just starting out, and we're just having a lot of fun. More comic book talk, but we do get into movies every now and then because there's a lot of comic book movies. A whole lot of them. Zod Ryder, um, what do you got coming up? I know you're still fighting this uh, Snyder Cut, so what's up with the future of the Zod Ryder show, and what do you got coming up that you want to promote? Uh, I don't know. I think there'll be a, a Zod Ryder show. There may be a Zod Ryder show this Tuesday, so just keep your eyes open, because there's a possibility that there may be one. <laughs> I'm Good. calling in. We're going to talk about MFKZ, man. I'm going to call Good in on times. Good times. Good times. Uh, I'm going to be uh, doing my uh, podcasting on Inside the Chuckle Said uh, this summer. It's uh, coming back. Promise you guys uh, who have been following up asking me uh, every few months, uh, so Jackal, when is the Jackal's head coming back finally? Because you keep teasing us, and that's all four of you who have been asking me. Thank you guys for asking. That's that's how far my, my fandom expands to these days. Four loyalists, maybe five. But thank you, uh, loyalists, for hey. being out there. Hey, considering some, got there. yeah, so considering some people don't get that, I'm happy with what I got. So, with that said, I, I will say that the show will be coming back. Uh, it's uh, going to be back in the next few weeks, uh, both on PSN Radio as a uh, podcast and YouTube as a live web series. Meaning, you're going to see me in the flesh live. It's going to be uh, tricks or uh, cuts or, or anything like that. You're going to get a, a full live show. 
uh, as well as a bunch of other individual stuff I'm working on. Some of it's going to be on the road. Some are going uh, to be behind a studio wall or in front of a studio wall, I should say. And, uh, and, and that means a green screen wall. I'm working on a lot of cool things for the YouTube channel. Um, a lot of it's kind of like being put on a small hiatus because of the move I've been making the last couple of months and because of my own health. Uh, all that's coming together nicely. Uh, thank you for those who've been asking me how's my health doing. It's, as you can see, I'm able to speak and, uh, my voice is coming back and health is coming back, which is good. And hopefully the show returns and, uh, we have a lot more good stuff to talk about. I know the summer is going to be loaded with great projects. I cannot wait for Star Wars in the end of the year. Um, I cannot wait for a lot of these things to come out. And we're going to have a lot more to talk about here on the round table. So please join us uh, hopefully next week where we'll come back for another uh, live episode. And uh, join me on the uh, Jackal's Head uh, right here on PSN and on YouTube when that's regular debut. Uh, again, uh, thank you to all the listeners, to all our friends and fans out there listening. And uh, we'll be back. Stick around. This is the Roundtable Show live once again after a, uh, I feel like I say this all the time after a, a small hiatus. A hiatus. I'm a, we on hiatus, man. Hiatus. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be honest. We on I'm, hiatus, guys. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I hate hiatuses. be honest with you. Yeah, it's, I miss you guys when we don't talk. You know? And it's funny because a lot of the, a lot of the fans or listeners are like, "Well, you know, you guys haven't done a show in a while." But then when I realize, I'm like, "But yeah, we we tend not to do them sometimes." But then we have like two hour conversations, which we just should put on the show. And it was just just, re- just record that shit and put it on YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's happened a little bit too much. So we're gonna try to avoid that from now on and actually give you guys. Uh, a live show as much as we can. Uh, so thank you all for uh, sticking with us, and we will be back for more next week, Sunday night, right here at 10 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, you know, be on the lookout for the uh, the actual date during the week when uh, the Jackal's Head is going to be live. I'm going to announce it on uh, the jackalshead.com. That's www.thejackalshead, all one word, dot com, and you'll be able to get the podcast for free there. You can listen live there. You can do whatever you want. All the news is going to be on there. If you guys want to check out psn-radio.com, the show will be live there as well. Uh, so the audio streaming will be there as usual, and I'll have some announcements on there in the near future. Uh, of course, the YouTube stuff will be announced on YouTube, which, again, it's easy to look up. Go to youtube.com and look up the jackal's head. You'll see uh, the, the page right there. and uh, Subscribe. Please do the subscription to the YouTube channel. That always helps. Give me your thumbs up, your comments, the whole nine yards. Uh, you can find me on Patreon. Also, you go to Patreon, type in Angel Espino. to be able to find my Patreon page. And, uh, you know, every dollar helps, uh, including look up Crystal Storm, a uh, good buddy of ours who has a Patreon page. And uh, I just became a uh, follower and uh, donator to her page. And I encourage everybody to go and support her uh, Patreon page because she is an awesome person, not only just an awesome co-host, which she was for a long time with myself, but she's a good friend to all of us here and uh, on PSN Radio and in the round table. And we want to show her some love and some support for her and, and her Patreon account. So check her out on Patreon, Crystal Storm, um, you know, Donate a couple bucks is not a whole lot. Even if it's a dollar, every oh, dollar and, helps. And check out her, check 
at her Twitch stream, we play yes. on easy mode. She is she is hysterical. Like woo woo, I could just like listen to her talk and talk shit for hours, man. She is she is a one of a kind person. I can I could just listen to her wig out forever. She is she is insanely incredible. Absolutely, it really doesn't get any. It really doesn't get any better better than uh, Crystal Storm, and I, I'm waiting for that third Sonarchy book. For real, she's Sinarchy. a good author. Yeah, she's yeah, a good author. If you haven't read the first two books, dude, go on Amazon, go to her page, get them, read them. They're great. She's a great author. She's a great human being. I met her in person. We hung out for a week at uh, the uh, Mufon and uh, the convention, and. Uh, in person, she's as genuine and as cool and as nice as she is on her on her account and on her podcast. Even more so because you're seeing her in the flesh and in person, and she's just a sweetheart of of a person. So I'd love to to be able to help her out in any way. So guys, go and check out the Patreon. Show her your love and your support. Tweet at her. I'm sure she's gonna get a kick out of uh, the fact that people are tweeting at her and stuff. So big shout outs to her. Yeah, woo-woo, we're, you know, right behind you and support you all the way. Guys, we'll be back next week, and until then, keep your eyes on the Star Wars, because it's back. The hand is real. Release the Snyder Cut. Yeah, release the Snyder Cut so Zod will be quiet about it. (laughs)